Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Starimcast. This is Jesse from Club Venus from Stardom, and you're watching Stardom Cast. Guys and welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host Rob Goodwin, and I'm joined as ever by the dashing Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how was New York? New York, the city so nice they named it twice. Rob Goodwin, I had a phenomenal time. But real quick, I fancy myself a gentleman. Before we get into I'm not going to go into everything that happened at Comic-Con. Obviously, people want to hear about one person on my meet and greet. Before I get into that, my friend, how was your day? How's everything with you? How's everything with Big Daddy Cool Rob Goodwin today? I can't complain, brother. I can't complain. Um, I, As I mentioned on the Patreon episode not long ago, I have my first wrestling class on Saturday, 10 till 12, uh, with, well, at former... WWE and current Impact Tag Team Champion um, Flash Morgan Webster's um, brand new school in Stoke-on-Trent. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll, uh, as I said before, I think it's uh, it's only right that I give it a try. You know, unless I break my neck, in which case it was a stupid idea. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know how much actual in-ring work will do, or whether it'll all just be fitness. But I am looking forward to it. I'm sure I will keep you updated, brother, anyway. Yeah, I'm uh, super excited to hear about it. And I can't wait to hear about your adventure on this uh, when we, we record next week. But, uh, yes, Rob, let's let's get into the big nitty-gritty. Now, again, I'm not going to go through all my four days of New York Comic Con. We will be here literally for five or six hours. <laughs> so let's talk about my meeting with one Mercedes Monet. Now, I did mention on this podcast the past few weeks that uh, my idea was to pitch having one Mercedes Monet on the podcast. Now, I know I was texting you back and forth. I kind of gave you the cliff notes. So buckle in, folks. I'm going to give you the detail by detail, my fantastic experience with one Mercedes Monet. Now, this meet and greet took place on Saturday. I was there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Thursday and Friday, I met up with a whole bunch of friends of mine that I see every year at New York Comic Con. And they have press passes and pro passes, and they're always interviewing certain people for comic books and movies and TV and whatnot. They do very, very well on their podcast. And uh, they did make mention that, say, hey, you and Rob are absolutely crushing it on, you know, the Stardom Cast podcast. Uh, you know, we see that the numbers are growing. You guys are all, all over the place. So it was nice to get a big, you know, uh, pat in the back and thumbs up from some of my friends who were very successful in their podcast uh, endeavors. Um, I did make mention that, 
um, you know, my main reason for being at New York Comic Con this year, other than to hang out with Andy Hedder and all the wackiness that is uh, one Andy Hedder, is to pitch to get Mercedes on the podcast. And everybody was like, it's slam dunk, it's a shoe in you're going to do it. Absolutely. You know what you're doing. You're a positive podcast. You guys are doing well. You got this. So my uh, confidence, which is always usually pretty high, Rob, was really, really high going into Saturday morning. Now, I had two meets with her, uh, one for the autograph, which was at 1130 and one for the picture, which was at three o'clock. Now, I know since this is my 11th, maybe even 12th, I'd have to count it, my 11th or 12th New York Comic Con, that when it comes to the picture, they literally just have the celebrity that you're getting the picture just standing in like one spot. They just say, next, you take the picture and you're gone. It's like 15, 20 seconds. So I know you're really not going to get any type of quality time to really say anything. It's like a thank you or this or that, and then that's it. I understand. It's a business. They're trying to get as many people in as possible. Now, the autograph is always a little bit different because you could always say something or pitch something or ask a quick, funny question while they're signing your merchandise. So I kind of figured, okay, that's where I will uh, try to uh, get one Mercedes Monet on the podcast. Now, Rob Goodwin, like I said, my friend, uh, the autograph started at 1130. I got there at 1030. And when I got there about an hour early, her line was absolutely packed. Now, there was about 85. Now, I like to take a a lay of the land, just kind of an idea of, you know, where I'm going to go, you know, what my pitch is going to be. Kind of just have an idea of, of, you know, what what I can and can't do and whatnot. Of course. So I'm taking a look at every. Yes, I'm taking a look at everybody in line in front of me, behind me. And it's about 85 percent people in Mercedes lines getting Star Wars stuff signed because she is on the uh, Mandalorian TV show on Disney Plus. 14 percent getting Sasha Banks stuff signed and one person getting stardom mercedes monet uh thing signed and that one percent rob goodwin would be me so i was like oh okay my thing is going to stand out now i have two things to get autographed it was the uh official program for all-star grand queendom that uh, she with along with a lot of the other wrestlers are on the cover of and then my one-in-one uh the fantastic artwork that my daughter lily did of mercedes monet as uh hana kimura in hana's gear when she took on Kyrie back in battle in the valley for the iwgp women's championship so i was like okay my stuff is probably is going to stand out she may or may not remember it but it, you know it's gonna it's gonna stand out more you know than than basically kind of what everybody has now again rob like i said this is my 11th or 12th new york comic-con i know when you go to these autograph booths that there's the person signing like your main person signing and they have like one or two other people there like the handlers and what they'll do is the one person will scan your tickets to just say, hey, this person has one thing signed or two things signed or make sure it's okay for them to sign. And then the other person will say they'll have a post-it pad and they'll usually say, do you want an inscription on this other than the autograph? For example, when I met Mark Ruffalo, also the Incredible Hulk, Bruce Banner, when I met him a couple years ago, I had my Avengers uh, Age of Ultron poster signed. And I had him sign it Hulk smash. So I went in, you know, okay, you're verified for one ticket. What do you want on it? And a Hulk smash, boom, there it is on my poster. So we get, to, so as the line's moving, we're about halfway through. And the one thing I, I finally see Mercedes. And the one thing I pick up right away is how engaging she is with fans. That's one thing, you know, you can talk, say a few things and you're nice, this, that, and the other thing. I've had certain celebrities will not mention anybody's name because we are not here to bury anybody that were on their phone the whole entire time and could not be bothered could not be bothered okay that's your prerogative 
Mercedes was very eye contact, no phone. If there's any phone, it would be one of somebody that was behind her taking a picture of her with somebody that had like a cool costume. So she was 100% engaged with every single person that went up there and was very, not rushing people through, through the line, um, but very like into what you were talking about. And I absolutely love that. I said, okay, you know, and I've had friends of mine that have met her before at uh, WWE signings. And they all said, she's very engaging, very loving with the fans, like wants to know what's going on with you. And will pretty much answer any question. Like, you know, does not, you know, there literally could have been a, a legit dumpster fire behind her. And I don't think she would have <laughs> noticed because she was that focused on the fans. And I absolutely love that. So I was like, okay, I really have a really, really good shot here. Go up to the table. They scanned my two things. And they said, do you want anything inscripted on any of these? So Lily's artwork was an absolute no. No, I don't want anything on that. But on the program, I want two of the stardom cast for two different reasons. Number one is when she reads the post-it pad, she's going to sign it. And then I'm going to see maybe if, you know, through a facial expression, if she under knows what the stardom cast is. And two, now Rob, I've said this to you in private, and I've said this in public before, that if something was to happen to me and that I was to perish, that everything in my bank account goes to my lovely wife, Amber, but all of my collection goes to my daughter, Lily. Now, however, this program, Rob, because you're all, you are the stardom cast, you are the godfather of the podcast. So if something happens to me, this program is yours, sir, because it is addressed to the stardom cast. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's yeah, slightly, slightly morbid <laughs> that that was the thought process behind it. No, but... that was just a joke. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's just a joke. But I love so, it nonetheless. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Amber will send it to you anyway. It's on the podcast. Don't edit that out. No, I'm wearing my uh, now, and I, I posted these pictures all over social media. And if you're not on social media, I know there's a, a handful of listeners that aren't. Send me an email saying the pictures. I'm wearing my Stardom Cast uh, shirt with Kyrie holding up the IWGP Women's Championship from the night that she beat Mayu for the title. And I kind of did that on purpose just to see maybe if it's like Mercedes is very well said that uh, Kyrie's one of her favorite opponents she's ever had. She loves wrestling Kyrie. She loves Kyrie as a person plus that's a belt that Kyrie's holding on uh in the shirt that mercedes has held for a handful of months so i was like you know maybe we you know maybe that'll kind of maybe catch your eye so now it's my turn to get my stuff signed first and before i can even say a word she looks at me and she goes oh my god i love your shirt and then she starts to sign and then she sees the stardom cast as she's signing and then she looks at my shirt looks back at the autograph looks back on my shirt. Now, Rob, I could be completely wrong, but from the facial expressions that I saw, she was starting to put one and one together and may or may not know of the stardom cast. So we start talking and I do let her know, hey, um, I have a stardom podcast. The uh, If you go back and watch your match with Hazuki and Azumi, we've actually given notes to Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton and they make mention of us on the podcast. I point at the program. I said, we've given notes for that entire show. Um, we would love to have you on the podcast. Now, before I go any further, we did have a very fantastic conversation on my daughter's artwork. And I'm going to circle back to that because I'm going to end with that because that is your, you know, it's a wrestling podcast. That's your high spot. And it's one of the greatest conversations I've ever had with any celebrity uh, was our conversation with Lily's artwork. So I'm going to leave that out at this time and I'm going to finish with that. So talking about the show the podcast her wrestling in japan and she said yes absolutely someday i would like to come on your podcast 
I said, how do I get a hold of you? She's like, do you have a business card? Rob, of course I do. I'm a, I'm a very well-prepared man. Not only did I want one business card, I had two, just in case. So I gave her the two business cards, and I said, you know, hopefully we will talk soon. And again, there's a, the conversation is a little bit longer because of the conversation we had with Lily's artwork as Mercedes drawn as uh, in the Hanukkah Morgan. Again, I will circle back to that. So I'm leaving, and I was like, wow, that was absolutely fantastic. She was so, so nice. And I'm walking towards the end of Artist Hour, where the autograph session is, because I paid extra money to have these uh, the two autographs authenticated. So I get my stuff, and I text you. And I'm like, I think we got her. Everything went real well. You know, here's the cliff notes. I'll tell you on the podcast. So now I start thinking, Rob. Now, I know we've talked about this I, in private. I don't know if we've ever talked about this on public in the podcast, but I was raised that whenever somebody says they're going to do something, you take them at your word. And also, if you tell somebody that you're going to do something, you take them at uh, you give them your word. There's no contract needed. There's no handshake. For example, if my wife said before I left for work, by the time you come home from work, I'm going to be a world class gymnast. I would take her at her word. <laughs> if you said, hey, Matt, on our next alternate commentary, we're doing a fucking death match. During every two count, I'm going to throw confetti at the screen. I'm going to be dressed up as a clown for the entire episode. Rob, I'm taking you at your word. Now, I mean, to be fair, say, I mean, to yes, be fair, that is an excellent idea. <laughs> Maybe next month, Matt. Maybe next month. Who knows, brother? Who knows? So now also, and I know we've had this conversation a few times before. And I don't know if we've had it on the podcast. In my 20 plus years and counting of being involved in the great sport of professional wrestling, I cannot tell you how many times I've been promised something that has never come through. And I'm not going to mention any names, any promotions. I'm not going to bury anybody. That's not what I do. That's not what you do. That's not what we do. But to give you some example, folks, in the last 20 years, I've been told, hey, you're going to have a dark match coming up. Hey, you're going to have a trial coming up. Make sure you're ready. Get your passport ready because uh, Japan's calling. You want to go to England for six weeks? You want to go to Germany for two months? Have your passport ready. It's coming. Hey, make sure you're not booked this day because we're bringing this tag team in to work you and Andy. Hey, uh, keep these these dates open because we're flying this guy in from Japan to work you. Nine and a half times out of ten, never happened. I'm not complaining. I understand. Sometimes people bullshit you. Sometimes things fall through. Now, I will say this, Rob. I'm a pretty good uh, judge of character, and, and I can kind of read people really well. And I know a lot of our listeners are thinking, you know, Matt did Mercedes – kind of just blow smoke i don't think so i i think she was really genuine i think she really really wants to come on the show now it's going to take a little bit extra work for me and you to try to break down some doors to try to reel her in i, I think so i think so and we are not opposed to any hard work at all folks at all so get my stuff done and I'm walking around the con floor about an hour later, and I bump into uh, my buddy Peter Melnick. Now, I'm going to give my buddy Peter Melnick a little free advertisement here. Pete, you're welcome, buddy. Uh, my buddy Peter is phenomenal in the podcast world. He has a fantastic podcast called The Marvelist, where he talks about, you guessed it, Rob, Marvel. Uh, he talks about comic books, the TV shows, the movies, the whole nine. Now, Peter has had some fantastic guests on like the late, great Neil Adams. He's had on Mark Ruffalo, who is uh, Bruce Banner in the MCU. He's had John Romita Jr. on a handful of times, Jeff Loeb, Todd McFarlane. I mean, Pete knows how to get, you know, the big mucky mucks in comic books. He's like, hey, man, how'd it go? Did you, did you get it? And I said, yes, but I'm not 100% confident with it. And he said, what happened? So I told him what I just, you know, told you. And he said, 
did you get her contact information? I said, no, I gave her my contact information. He's like, you needed to find some sort of publicist, an email, something where you can maybe get a hold of somebody that can get a hold of you. And he goes, for example, he goes, she has your information. You don't have hers. It's like, who's busier, Mercedes Monet or you and Rob? And I said, Mel, like, how dare you? you have any idea how busy we are? Rob's <laughs> writing 10 books. I have a teenage. I didn't say that. And he's like, hey, man, look. He's like, he's like don't worry about it. And he's like, you know, I, I absolutely love you. You guys are doing great work there. It's only a matter of time. And he's like, I'll help you. He's like, we'll, fi- we'll figure it out. He's like, don't worry about you. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get you there. I was like, okay, man, no problem. Whatever, whatever. So uh, 3 o'clock is my photo op. I line up around 2. And I'm in line, and I see uh, behind me is my buddy Chris. Now, my buddy, my buddy Chris, he is a phenomenal cosplayer for wrestlers. He was dressed up as Shawn Michaels from SummerSlam 1995 when he had the second ladder match with Razor Ramon. I did see all that. The blue gear. He looked yes, incredible. All, all the blue gear. So he was literally like two people behind me. Then two or three people in front of me were listeners to the podcast. So we're chatting. <laughs> we're having a good time. I'm handing out stickers, business cards. We're having a good time, right? So, so again, so you're doing the photo op, you get to my time, I go in and it's like, I walk on, it's like, Hey, she's like, Oh, Hey, good seeing you. And I was going to ask her if she can point at the shirt. She already did. Right. I'm pointing at the shirt. She's pointing at the shirt. The photo came out fantastic. We get the photo and then I go to buy the little protective sleeve. So I don't bend it in my book bag. And then me, Chris, a whole bunch of our listeners, we just start talking. We have an impromptu photo shoot. They're like, Hey, let's take pictures right here. Right. Coming out of Sadie's line and I did show you the picture all of a sudden some guy dressed up as the rock he shows up in the picture a few more people that that noticed who I was because of the shirt they show up in the picture my friend Carol who uh last year dressed up as Tony Storm I meant made mention last week that she was supposed to dress up as Bull Meccano she didn't she just happened to show up out of nowhere dressed as Ruby uh Soho she gets in the picture all of a sudden security guard comes over this very nice older lady was like look I see you you guys are having fun, and I'm glad. But people aren't here paying to get pictures of you. They're picture for playing to get pictures of Mercedes. Basically, like in the nicest way possible, kick this out, right? So do you know for- who I am? <laughs> I am Matt Turner of the Stardom Cast. <laughs> so, uh, needless to say, so now I'm exhausted. And I told you, Rob, off air. I didn't sleep much this weekend, and I'm not going to get into the reasons why. Uh, I didn't sleep that much. I had everything that I needed to do was done. Sunday was just a bonus day. I had everything was done. That was my main thing. I met Chris Evans on Friday. Phenomenal uh, experience. Uh, Mercedes was on a scale out of one to 10. She was a thousand. Absolutely amazing. So I was texting my buddies. I'm like, you guys need me to do anything. So I'm going back to the hotel. I, I need at least, I need an hour, hour and a half nap before we go out. Yeah, no problem. Go back to the hotel. There's nobody there. It's just me, silence. I get about an hour and change nap. I wake up to my phone, Rob, blowing up. People are texting me. People are tweeting at me, Instagramming me. You got to check your Instagram. You got to check your Instagram. You got to check your Instagram. Now, Rob, I'm groggy. I slept seven hours and three days. And the first thing is like, oh, no, did somebody hack my Instagram? Oh, that's my first thought. And then I finally like was asking my one buddy. I said, what's going on? I'm on my Instagram I'm not seeing anything. They're like, no, 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 go on Mercedes Instagram. She posted the picture of me and her from the photo op on her story. Six, six and a half million people follow her. So, and, I, and again, the photo, Rob, you've seen it. It's me smiling, pointing at the shirt. Like, it's like a free advertisement. I'm like, oh my God, that is so amazing. Even if we get like one listener, 
out of this. It's, it, I mean, so amazing. She did not have to do that. She did that with a good amount of people where she would take the picture that, that they had and just post it on her Instagram. So I was like, oh my God, like that is so cool. That is it's amazing. So come to Sunday, I'm kind of just, you know, walking around, just, you know, uh, doing a couple things, getting a couple autographs, nothing major. And then uh, my buddy Peter, the one I just talked about, texted me and he said, "Hey man, I uh, I did the uh, photo op with Mercedes with uh, Mercedes. I think he called her Sasha in the text with Mercedes." And as I was leaving, I looked at her. I go, "You know what? You should really do the Stardom Cast podcast." He goes, "Dude, her eyes lit up. She smiled." And he goes, "Do you work for them or with them?" He said, "No, I'm a fan of the show, and Matt is a really, really good friend of mine." Um, I text Peter later that night, or maybe it was Monday. And uh, he's like, yeah, dude, he's like, you guys just keep doing what you're doing. He's like, we'll figure something out. I'm fully confident she will do the show. Um, on a scale of one to 100, Robin, our fantastic listeners hmm. of the uh, Stardomcast podcast, do I think Mercedes can do the show? I'm going to say I'm about 95% sure. Wow. Again, it's going to take, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of work. We're going to have to track a few, you know, a few things down to try to get a hold of her or a publicist. But I think we're going to do it with the growth of the show. And I know you fantastic listeners would love for Rob and I to interview one Mercedes Monet on the show. I always say at the end of the show, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast. And by all means, folks, help us out. You know, share, share the YouTube channel, share the podcast, tweet at it, tweet at it. But he said, he's like, I think that she knows who you guys are. Now, Rob, I'm going to end this segment with what might bring a tear to my eye on this podcast. So bear with me. We got a little bit of a drink here. This is very much going to be like a Widow Tie Queen's Quest uh, cage match, my friend. So Jesus, I don't, I don't think I'm ready for this, man. Christ. <laughs> well, so okay, I made mention that I had two things signed. So go. So after she um, she signed the program, she looked at the picture. And again, if if I posted this the picture before, unsigned and signed. And again, if you're not on social media and you want to see it, you'll shoot me an email or you know whatever. I'll show you the picture. She looked at the picture of my daughter's drawn of her as uh, Hana Kimura, again, in the gear that she won the IWGP Women's Championship. And she immediately just stopped what she was doing. She goes, oh, my God, who drew this? I said, my daughter drew it. She goes, you tell your daughter she is so talented. She's like, this is absolutely beautiful. She's like, I absolutely love this. I said, Mercedes, I think I speak on behalf of a majority, if not all of the stardom fans. When I say thank you, keeping the spirit and the love of life of one Hana Kimura. I was like, I really, we really appreciate what you did in your first match, you know, for that, for the championship is that you could have came out dressed up as anybody. and You came dressed up as Hana, keeping her spirit and memory alive. I said, that means so much to us on the Stardom fan base. And she's like, and the fact that your daughter drew that, I said, yeah. And uh, it was uh, we got a little dusty onions in there, Rob. I'm not gonna lie, got a little dusty onions. So, uh, and that's when I pitched the podcast. She signed everything we needed to sign, and then uh, right before I left, she goes, "Please, please tell your daughter how much I absolutely love this picture and how much it means to me that she drew it." That's amazing. That what a lovely, like wholesome story. And I've I've seen the picture of obviously the picture of. Um, mercedes that she's drawn and painted and it's it is incredible and uh, i'm so glad that mercedes actually got to see it because she is very talented we've talked about it before the picture of aphrodite that lily did was incredible as well but uh, i'm glad you managed to get that signed because that is going to be priceless 
Yeah, it's a one and one. It's a one and one. So uh, that might go in the coffin with me, buddy. We're going to go back to being more of it, but you get the program. Jesus, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> No, I had it. Honestly, honestly, it was. And I've, again, I've been, I've met so many great people at New York Comic Con, some people that are no longer with us, like George Perez and Neil Adams and Stan Lee and Carrie Fisher. They were all phenomenal. A. Paul Rudd probably ranks right up there as one of my favorite. Uh, this one might beat it just because of how genuine she was, how just fantastic she was. The fact that she commented on my shirt before I even said anything. And just the fact that she was like so dead set on like how, you know, letting her know how much it meant to us, the stardom fan base for her to come out on that giant show in California back at the beginning of the year, dressed up as Hana Kimura. And it was, it was a nice little, you know, moment that we have, but uh, I know there was a lot of people that I've talked to uh, before and afterwards that, you know, I made new, a lot of new friends on uh, on social media because of the stuff that I posted. It was like, oh, you're the guy from the Stardom cast. Well, here's this meeting I had with her. And I met her five or six times prior, and she remembered me from these meetings. It really seems like Mercedes Monet is one of the nicest people out there. Like I said, buddy, this is out of the 11, 12 years that I've gone to New York Comic Con. This might be my favorite experience was that time with with mercedes and again folks fingers crossed we're gonna you know we're gonna the old saying find a way or make one we will not unless she signs a wwe because then it'll be really really hard to get her but i <laughs> am really really confident it may not happen at the end of this year it may not happen at the beginning of this year it may not happen until summer of next year but as long as the podcast keeps keeps growing and boy howdy it is growing like crazy and we can't thank you enough as long as this podcast keeps growing and rob and i keep doing what we're doing with all the help of you, the friends and family, the Stardom cast, I don't see any reason why we can't have her or really anybody else on the show, brother. No, absolutely not. Um, and I will just say, obviously, you mentioned Chris Evans. Um, I assume you didn't go chest to chest with him. And for all your claims that he was only a small man, um, you the picture that you sent me, the one that Kirsty was very interested in, by the way, Um I see. I don't see it. I I still think it would be a very strong fight between yourself and Captain America, Matt. Um, one or three things happened, buddy. You can figure out which one they did. Uh, so quick, the picture was quick. I'm going to give you option number one is I double wrist lock him. Option <laughs> number two is as I was leaving, he said, "You tell Rob Goodwin that I enjoy the Hana new theme." Option number three is I uh, I went with my buddy's bet and said, don't mention uh, Captain America. Mention him as Jake Wilder from Not Another Teen Movie. So uh, you <laughs> you take your pick. You take your pick on what happened. Yes, it was option number three. Literally, you walked in and I put his arm around me, which sometimes when you get to these photo ops, you want to respect people's privacy, especially, you know, post-COVID and whatnot. So you don't know if they want to stay away. I literally walked over. He put his arm around me. We took the picture as I walked away. And I said, Chris, bring back Jake Wilder. And he goes, oh, my God, I love that guy. I love that character. And I was like, how many people, especially at Comic-Con, like, he's Captain America. How many people at Comic-Con are talking about Captain America? Everybody. And rightfully so. I bring up a role that he had one time back when I was still in either high school or college when they did not another teen movie, a spoof, a spoof movie, where he was Jake Wilder. <laughs> I guarantee you it doesn't happen that often. But the uh, 20 seconds I was there with Captain America, he was fantastic. Good. I... I imagine that he's fine with people like, you know, mentioning Captain America. It's obviously a role that he was hugely known for. What I don't imagine that he is okay with is people reminding him that he was the human torch in those terrible, fantastic four films. 
Um, I imagine anyone that bought those up was quickly dismissed um, with a co- <laughs> with a cold shoulder. Um, but anyway, Matt, as lovely as it hears as it is, sorry to hear your exploits in New York, and I'm so glad you had a good time. Um, let's talk about Stardom. More specifically, what's coming up on our Patreon? Rob Goodwin, the near two years that me and you have been doing this podcast together, there's two things that I've known is that one, me and you cannot read or understand a calendar. And two, we get more <laughs> than the we get more bang for your buck. Or we get more than your money's worth if you're part of our Patreon. And folks, what I mean by that, I realized uh, just a few days ago that there are five Mondays in the month of October. And if you're part of our Patreon, you know that every Monday the uh, audio for the alternate commentary re- releases. So we, uh, we always pick four. We realized we had to pick five. So Rob and I decided in about three seconds that the bonus episode at the end of the month for the alternate commentary will be the finals of this year's five-star Grand Prix with Micah versus Suzu Suzuki. So if you have not picked up your subscription yet, you are going to get a, another bonus episode for the month of October. But as far as what has been released recently on the Stardom Cast Extra, the Patreon, Rob Goodwin, Sherry's, SWA full review that is up on the Patreon as well as Azumi versus Starlight Kid from the uh, Triangle Derby Finals where Azumi comes in as champion and Starlight Kid comes in as challenger and as well we will no longer call them alternate commentaries it's just a buddy buddy watch along and buddy (laughs) oh buddy we had fun with this one we go to Dream Slam from the 93 was it it was Uh, indeed with Akira Hokuto versus Shinobi Kandori, which is absolute, just an absolute blast watching that one. So, uh, yeah, that is what we have released on the Patreon. And then coming up this uh, early next week, we will be doing the alternate commentary of Starlight Kid challenging Julia for the Wonder of Stardom Championship back from uh, February of 2021 in the legendary Corican Hall. Also, my friend, before I forget, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm- giving you seven days notice my friend that next week when we do this little segment we will be revealing what are we doing for the month of november for our alternate commentaries and the theme will be instant classic so anything from the beginning of april until present day stardom you can pick any two matches now hint hint rob good there was a giant show that happened in the beginning of april so you have lots to choose from my friend okay so uh... We've got. I've got seven days to pick instant classics. Okay, I, I reckon I can probably sort you out there. Um, I reckon I'll probably be all right with that. Um, but of course, not just all those things. But Matt, we have got our latest "What If" dropping this Sunday um, on the Patreon feed for our white belt tiers and above. I'm extremely excited about this one. What or what if Kyrie? Stardom in 2022. We're going to come up with a slightly catchier title, but effectively, we are going to rebook the uh, the run of Kyrie in Stardom from a day de- a re-debut back at World Climax all the way through to whenever me and Matt sort of run out of steam. Um, to say that our views and our ideas are very very different, Matt, I think would be something of an understatement. Yeah, it really is. And considering the fact that like you, when you had your idea of what you were going to do, I was like, wow, I was kind of blown away. And not to uh, do any spoilers. And because we usually agree on 
90% of things. So it was nice that we had two completely different things. So right after we recorded, me and Amber were sitting down having dinner. And she's like, what did Rob do? And I said, he completely blew everything out of the way. I said, this is what he did. He goes, oh, man, if he was going to do that with her and have her join that group, he should have had her come out as a zombie pirate. And I was like, oh, my God, how genius is that? What? Yeah. Oh, incredible. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I was so close to having her dress as a clown pirate and have a team with Fuku and Death and win the tag league. But... I've managed to uh, restrain myself. Um, I imagine there'd be some sort of clown pirate uh, pun out there that I can't quite think of because I'm not clever enough. Only on the Stardom Cast Extra can you have it all, my friend, especially in the wild, wacky adventures of What If. Exactly, exactly. Um, So that is dropping on Sunday. The week after will be the round table. That will drop the Sunday after and then i believe we are in or will be close to november which is uh terrifying how quick this year is going matt but uh it's uh it's been a great year full of amazing things um and again thank you to everyone who has been a part of this journey this year I just want to shout out a couple of brand new patrons travis boswell stella steven jacob woolley and the stardom samurai thank you all for your support and thank you for joining the stardom cast extra um uh, it's been an incredible month of growth as i mentioned um last week um the last quarter of the year is the most downloads we've ever had um over a four-month period so uh, thank you to everyone that listens um you know from the us where you know the majority of our listens come hello to people in the us um the uk australia um we have some in iran apparently if you're listening in iran hello thank you for your support I, it still boggles my mind i said this to my when he was talking about um people stopping him at new york comic-con and saying oh listen to your show i still find it mind-boggling that this isn't just me and matt talking into the void um so thank you to everyone that uh talks to us um that engages with us that subscribes that listens you guys are all absolutely phenomenal and uh we thank you massively for all of your support i appreciate the black sabbath Um, reference that you didn't even know that you did buddy the black sabbath reference you said into the void appreciate you into the (laughs) void yeah Mate, I, I was there. I was there. <laughs> um, so let's delve into a little bit of news then um, before we go into the shows that we're going to be talking about today. Um, first things first, um, as though, as if by magic, um, unfortunately, we talked last week about the Nagoya Golden Fight Show, which, of course, was main evented by Tam defending the Red Belt against Oedetai's Natsukatora. Um, and to say Tam took a nasty bump um, when she was attempting to, I think it's I think it's safe to say, Matt, trying to save uh, the Violet Screwdriver um, and trying to protect Tora as well. Um, in doing so, she took a very nasty spill. Her knee bent in a completely unnatural direction. When we recorded last week, nothing had been announced, um, but must have been an hour or so after we'd finished recording, which always seems to be the way um, it was announced that Tam would be missing this weekend, as in the weekend just gone, those shows. So the 14th in Saitama and the opening night um, of the Stardom Goddess of Stardom Tag League, which would mean that um, her and Yuna Mizumori, the Cosmic Angels team, would forfeit their first match of the tournament. 
Um, alongside that, not necessarily an injury, but Azumi was also taken off those two cards as a precaution. Um, so there's quite possibly like lingering injuries, niggling injuries. Um, I think it's fair to say, Matt, as a as a pro wrestler, you are more often than not working your way through injuries. Um, but Azumi was taken off as a precaution. It seems, fingers crossed, that she is okay. She's wrestled today, as we record, at um, Natsu Sumire's, um 10th anniversary show. So she has wrestled. So uh, fingers crossed it is just a small precautionary thing. Um, but Matt, the injuries don't stop. And uh, it's they do seem to be piling up somewhat for stardom. Yeah, we literally went with uh, Aya Sakura, the rookie. It was like, okay, hey, you know, kid, get, get, you know, get, hear yourself back up, get back soon. Then we had poor Saya Kamatani, the uh, night one of the five star. Then everybody thought it was going to be Utami winning it, and then she had to pull out for we thought was maybe one show. Then we thought maybe it was two shows, and now she's on the shelf indefinitely, as well as Natsupoi. And uh, now we have, you have Tam Hurt. And you have Azumi hurt, and but yeah, it does look like the uh, the Azumi one. You did say she wrestled on the show uh, today. I know tomorrow. I believe uh, I have to record this is Wednesday. Tomorrow being Thursday, I didn't know there's a Corican show. Um, they did. Um, if you go, when well, obviously we're going to review it here uh, towards the end, when they did the uh, entrances for the uh, you know the the opening ceremonies, if you will, for the Goddess of Stardom Festival, they did have Yuna come out without Tam and Miyu coming out without Azumi. So that is telling me that their injuries aren't serious and that those teams will be available sometime in the tournament. Um, again, you know, we talked about this the last few weeks. I think it's just a combination of Stardom just running maybe uh, one too many shows. And just the fact that these girls are going, you know, all out, um, you know, for the lack of a better term, is they're really going out there, making sure their fan, the fans get the money's worth. And a lot of these shows we're going to talk about here shortly, there are only five matches. And maybe if you're going to keep running more shows, which is fine, it's more exposure for stardom. The girls are going to be making more money. It's going to make fans happy because, oh, stardom's coming to my town, you know, big, small, medium, indifferent. You know, maybe be like, okay, Zumi, you sit out these three or four shows. Okay, Tommy, you sit out these three or four shows. Julia, you sit, you sit out these three, four shows. And then maybe just have somebody. And they very much like they do, you know, with the bigger shows with uh, with WWE. is just like, okay, you know, we're going to have this person take maybe five or six days off just to kind of heal themselves and to kind of, you know, have let them go and enjoy themselves. So I'm not, I know a lot of people on social media, like they're running too, too many shows. They're running too many shows. I don't agree with that. I just think that if you're going to keep running this many shows or try to run more, uh, you know, we made mention last week, they're going to try to run more shows in 2024. I'm not against that, especially with the roster expanding the way that it is. Just start maybe uh, factoring some of these wrestlers out to give them some time off to, uh, to heal up. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen people compare it to New Japan and, you know, there are certainly similarities, but of course, you know, you look at, for example, the best of the Super Juniors, where they give the heavyweights time to recover, the same with the G1 Climax that gives the super, the junior, um, the juniors sort of a time to recover. I think the amount of shows isn't necessarily the problem. It's the amount of big shows where you are required to give 110%. You know, I mean, October alone, by the time we finish October, there will have been four pay-per-views, which is astronomical. Um, you know, having multi-woman tags, 
you know, in um, you know, the middle of Hiroshima, for example, you're not going to have someone unless you're Hazuki because she's got one gear and that is all out. Um, but you're not going to have people going the same as if you've got a high-profile singles match or a high-profile title match, which pay-per-views more often than not are going to uh, are going to include. I mean, like I said, we had the closing night of the five-star Grand Prix. We then had Nagoya Golden Fight. We had the opening night of the Goddess of Stardom Tag League. And we have got the Halloween show, the Stardom Dark Night, at the end of this month. So I would argue it's not necessarily the amount of shows that they're running. I would argue it's the schedule that needs sorting. So if you are, and we talked about this last week, Matt, didn't we? About how, you know, if you're doing a tournament, focus on the tournament. Don't try and insert, for example, the prime example, you've got the five-star Grand Prix. Don't run Stardom X Stardom in the middle of it. There's there's no need to do that. Um, and again, it's just another pay-per-view where someone is going to have to go 110% um, when they don't necessarily need to. I think that is something that needs looking at. I'm like you, Matt. I am all for more stardom shows. Um, it, they're a touring brand. You know, stardom have come out and said how they get most of their money is from live shows, is from ticketing and live shows. So they're not going to cut their shows down because they're cutting into their own revenue. It makes no financial sense. However, a revamped schedule might be something that stardom need to look at. Um, and again, it's a lot of this is bad luck. I mean, no one could have predicted Saya Kamatani's injury. Like <laughs> she could, that could have been her only match of the year. You know, that's nothing to do with the schedule. That's just poor luck. And I don't know. Actually, speaking of Saya Kamatani, I don't know if you've seen the newspaper article she's released um, about how she might change her in-ring style when she comes back. I don't know how much of it is uh, kayfabe. I haven't looked at it that much or whether it's a legitimate article. I think it's legitimate. Um, But she said about potentially changing her in-ring style um, after her injury, which uh, if that's the case, I look forward to seeing what she changes it to um, because the stories Saya was able to uh, to weave was... uh, were fantastic, but what what do you think, Matt? Do you think it is more a case of scheduling rather than amount of shows? Do you think Stardom could benefit from changing a few things around, spacing a few of the tournaments out? I mean, you know, obviously we haven't had confirmation yet that the Triangle Derby will be returning at the start of the new year. I'm assuming it is, um, but you would hope that they sort of start either spacing the shows out or making them making the schedule shorter as Julia suggested for the five star. Yeah. Do a little bit of both. You know, again, uh, my friend, you mentioned about how stardom makes a majority of their revenue on touring and you do not want to cut into that. Uh, and plus they have a, they have a touring bus now, so they're not going to stop touring folks. They're not going to, they gonna do stop. have a yes. tour bus. Yeah. So there you go. You know, they have a, the official stardom tour bus, which Mayu has jumped off of in which we, we sh- should have been able to predict, predict that a year ago. But, um, no, again, what I mentioned before, I think just kind of the best way to go about it is kind of rotate some of the wrestlers in and out of these tours and then maybe give longer matches to a Momo Kogo, to a Saida. You know, I'd love to see like a Han versus Sherry go, you know, to a 15-minute time limit draw, something like that. You can start maybe, you know, Hanako. Uh, she had a phenomenal match with Mina Shirakawa on uh, one of these shows we're going to talk about. I'd love to see her 
Walker get a little bit more time in the ring in a singles match. You know, highlight some some of these wrestlers. Maybe bring in some of the local wrestlers like you you see. You know, WWE would do from time to time. You know, bring them in. You know, if they whether they're not under contract with somebody, bring some of these. You know, during the summertime, bring some of the uh, the wrestlers that aren't in school that we see on New Blood. You know, bring them um, Nora Tanaka's daughter in uh, from time to time for a show just to kind of stretch the roster out and give you know your size your tommy's your julia's your mayu's your hanan's you know a little bit of time off and even if they don't like it because i know majority of these stardom shows they do the meet and greets beforehand and i've seen like the lines for them and people meeting you know, their favorite stars even if it's like okay everybody wants to meet mayu right everybody wants to meet mayu mayu's not wrestling on this show but if she's well enough to tour it's like she's only going to come do a meet and greet and an autograph maybe a promo so at least like you'll still see her but she's not taking the bump it's like she's not injured she needs a day or two off she's going to tour with us to you know so this way she kind of makes her appearance obviously you tommy with her injury and not support they need to be at home healing but you can even do stuff like that where it's like hey they're not going to be on the show however we're doing a special meet and greet with a mayu or a zumi a julia so on and so forth there's a lot of different ways they can do it it is a lot of it trial and error i don't think the majority of these injuries are because oh you know stardom just won't stop and this that and the other thing a lot of it folks believe it or not, has to do with bad luck. I mean, no, and again, Saya's injury she is a dive that she's done a zillion times before, and you go back and watch, and I'll, again, I said it's on this show, and I've said this a zillion times, I'll never watch a match uh, that somebody gets injured. Obviously, that match I watched live, she's done that dive a zillion times before. I know it's a very risky dive off a lighting fixture, but there was, like, all of Cosmic Angels and all of Queen's Quest there to catch Saya, and they did. It's not like anybody dropped her or anything like that. It was just she just came down at the you know wrong part in the wrong time. Injuries do happen, folks. Again, this is a very violent sport. Pro wrestling is a very violent sport. I mean, I watch a lot of uh, American football. There's a lot of injuries that happen there. You know, Rabbi, obviously you're big into uh, we call them state soccer. Uh, you call over there football. I'm sure your teams are littered with injuries all the time. Baseball, basketball, it happens. We are abusing our bodies for the entertainment of the fans. And that's why I always quote Roddy Piper on this show. I'm going to quote him again. Anybody that answers the bell, I have the ultimate respect for. And I think that's why we need to be so harsh. Uh, stop being so harsh, not just on starter wrestling, but wrestlers in general. We're really taking time away from our families to, I know it sounds barbaric, but it's the truth, to literally throw ourselves on the ground, on the mat, for your entertainment. So don't be so critical, folks. Don't be so critical. And say thank you to a pro wrestler. Absolutely. Hashtag thank a pro wrestler. Um, I will just say that's actually a really good sort of idea that you come up with maybe rotating wrestlers off off of certain shows, especially in Tokyo, where, you know, start and run the majority of their shows in Tokyo. You know, if you have the odd show in Tokyo where Mayu isn't going to be turning up or Utami isn't on it or Atam isn't on it, then you know that there's going to be another Tokyo show very soon where they are going to be on the card. Like, if it's somewhere where they don't run very often, like Okinawa, for example, then fair enough. Then, you know, get all the big hairs on because you know that you're only going to have one show in that area, but in Tokyo, like they run Korokan every month, um, they still run Shinkiba. Um, there's lots of different areas in Tokyo where they could go, right? Well, we're not going to have Mayu on this show, right? We're going to give Utami time to rest, right? We're going to give Saya time to rest. I think that could work. Um, whether it's something that they look at in the future or whether this changes at all, I uh, I don't know, but we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, moving on 
in the news then. Um, Stardom announced during their joint business strategy meeting with New Japan that um, Stardom would be taking place, or would be taking part, should I say, um, as a part of the Bushi Road Expo in Thailand. And uh, the wrestlers going out are going to be Shiori, Wakasukiyama, Mina Shirakawa, and Yuna Mizumori. Um, basically, that is going to be a stardom special tournament uh, with Shiori taking on Wakasukiyama and Mina taking on Yuna Mizumori. And we have got a special showcase match from Setup in Thailand, the pro wrestling organization in Thailand that is a part of the new um, Pacific Wrestling Association that they announced um, with wrestlers Jenny and Matcha taking a singles match as well. So uh, that's going to be the show from October 21st and October 22nd in Bangkok in thailand which is going to be actually this weekend so uh if it's on stardom world which i assume it's going to be um we'll talk about that next week um we talked a little bit about the negatives to do with stardom um the touring and the injuries but one of the huge positives coming out of stardom this week is that it's stardom has become the first japanese promotion to cross 1 million subscribers on YouTube. Um, uh, so Stardom at the moment sits at 1 million. The second highest Japanese promotion is New Japan's Jap Japanese channel, which currently sits at 517,000. So to reach a million before New Japan is very, very impressive. Um, sort of speaks to the uh, the upsurge of people watching Stardom, and hopefully it's going to be uh, a trend that they continue. Um, but yeah, excellent news for them, Matt. One thing I am just looking at as I look at the list um, published by Himanshu Doi, thank you very much, on Twitter, um, that Big Japan is actually third, ahead of both other New Japan YouTube channels. I thought that was really odd that Big Japan was third, but Stardom, first ones to reach 1 million. Excellent news, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Not only that, but almost doubling New Japan's numbers. We just said New Japan was at like 517,000, so I wouldn't be shocked with the the constant growth of um, of Stardom and the fact that more than likely that uh, the aforementioned Mercedes Monet is probably going to be wrestling at the stardom at that year-end show uh, for Dream Queendom. So I would not be shocked by the end of the year that the stardom numbers double New Japan numbers as far as uh, YouTube subscribers go. So um, not only are they the number one wrestling company in uh, in Japan, they're probably, uh, I don't have the stat in front of me, they're probably number three in the world. Obviously, WWE would be number one, AEW would be number two, and then I'm assuming that their YouTube subscribers are more than Impact Wrestling. Um, I'm just going to have to take a quick look here, my friend. But um, which would be uh, that would be something for sure if that they uh, the, the third biggest wrestling company in the world. No, I'm way wrong. Impact has four point seven million uh, subscribers. So <laughs> Samsonite, I'm way off on that one. But uh, OK, so we'll <laughs> stick with they're the biggest in that in Japan, which, yeah, what a coup considering the fact that, you know, you have that, you know, uh, giant that is New Japan. All Japan, I know, isn't what it was, but still what they were in the, you know, the seventies, eighties, nineties, and early two thousands. And uh, pro wrestling Noah always does a good job putting on a really good show. But considering the fact that they're not only the, 
again, the first one to a million subscribers on YouTube, the fact they're blowing everybody else out of the water is just a, a coup just to how fantastic stardom is. And you have to give credit to the people that are editing and putting up all the videos as well because they do a really good job, especially on the We Are Stardom uh, channel on the, the Stardomcast podcast that a lot of the English speakers will go to because uh, that kind of breaks everything down and makes following stardom a little bit easier. Yeah, just just to sort of follow on from your uh, your sentiments, All Japan isn't even mentioned on this list. Um, Noah currently sits at 131,000 um, subscribers with the next highest Joshi promotion being Ice Ribbon. Um, at 169,000. So, uh, yeah, it's excellent work from Stardom. And, uh, yeah, long may it continue. Anyway, let's move on a little bit from news and let's start looking at these four shows that we are going to talk about. I just want to quickly say that Azumi is next scheduled to be on a Stardom card on the 22nd of October, so this Sunday, where she'll be teaming with Miyu Amasaki as part of O2 line against Fukuoka Double Crazy. Um, I can't see them throwing her in the ring with Hazuki if uh, if there was any issues. So, uh, yeah, at the moment, um, at Osaka, Eddie and Arena number two, um, Azumi will be on the card. Still no Tam on any of these cards, though. So uh, whether they are just holding back on Cosmic Angels and just waiting for her to be fully fit before they then start doing all the Cosmic Angels matches. I don't know, but that's where we sit currently. Um, so, anyway, enough of that. Let's kick into uh, some of these shows. So we start with uh, Stardom in uh, Nagano on the 7th of October at Nagano Arcs in front of 200 and 37 people the results are as follows the god's eye team of saki kashima and mirai defeated the queen's quest team of miyu amasaki and lady c saki kashima getting the pinfall over lady c with the my emblem in seven minutes and 57 seconds uh, in a three-way match suri amina shadakawa and hanan went to a 15-minute time limit draw. Uh, a tag team match next with Crazy Star, Mei Seira and Suzu Suzuki, defeating the team of Yuna Mizumori and Tam Nakano, um, with Suzu pinning Yuna with the tequila shot in 12 minutes and 15 seconds. In the semi-main event, we had the Donna Del Mondo team of May Sakurai, Tekla, and Julia defeat the team of Megan Bain, Hanako, and Micah, with May Sakurai getting the pinfall over Hanako with the My Pan roll in 11 minutes and 16 seconds. And then in your main event, the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, and Kogama defeated the Awaritai team of Momo Watanabe, Natsukatora, and Ruaka, uh, with Kogama getting the pinfall over Ruaka with a diving body press in 14 minutes and 37 seconds. Matt Turner, what should people be tuning in for on this show? Rob, uh, the main event was really, really excellent with uh, the Stars team versus the Awetai team. And I know that you're going to get a giant kick and chuckle at what I'm about to say. Now, these all these shows um, I watched in my hotel room uh, in New York City. So 
I'm watching this main event and Kagama's taking the heat on a wet tie. And it's a wet tie, right? So they're doing the they're doing the heat and obviously Momo and Tor are the heavy hitters and Rock is, you know, very good as well. And all of a sudden Suzuki gets the hot tag and I turn around and I start talking to my buddy about something. And I look back down on my screen and Hazuki is going crazy. Momo, Rock, and Tor all on the ground. It was like four seconds. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, now, it, you may be okay if it was Shuri. He's like, okay, Shuri, anybody else? You're like, what happened? They're like, oh, they tagged in Hazuki. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just thought it was good. Oh, the match was really good, though. It was really good. The whole show was excellent. But as far as what that everybody needs to go see, if you have not seen uh, these shows, I know literally four shows, if you're counting the pay-per-view, um, have been available in the last like four or five days. So I know it could be a little tricky to kind of uh, be able to watch everything. Go out of your way to see this three-way with Sherry versus Hanan versus Mina Shirakawa. I don't know of another three-way in Star. Now, Stardom really don't, they don't do a lot of three-way dances. Um, but as far as uh, three, like singles three-way dances, I don't know if there's a better one I've ever seen in Stardom. I'd really have to sit there and think about it. Um, this is one of, if not the best three-way that Stardom has ever done. Again, they have not done a lot. Now, the tags and whatnot, yes, there's, there's been better. But this was great. It literally starts out, Rob, with a Sherry. And now, i got to keep in mind that these shows happen before the pay-per-view. So it's like we've already seen the pay-per-view. We've already you know reviewed the pay-per-view last week. But uh, Sherry and Mina, if you remember, they had the uh, UWF uh match rules match so they're kind of staring at each other and hana's like what about me and they basically just boot her and throw her out of the ring and they just go at it with like <laughs> striking and then hana just comes in and starts suplexing people left and right so i figured okay like i understand they're just they're using this to build up to sell more tickets and pay-per-view pay-per-views for the match coming up which would be in two days but every time hana gets in there she's just throwing people like she has this really awesome exchange with sherry and be like okay that's a match that i kind of had in the back of my head that I wanted to see, but now I really, really want to see it. But uh, yeah, this freeway was great. One of the, out of all these four shows we're going to review, probably my second or third favorite match out of all four of these shows. It was that good. Four and a quarter stars. Wow. Yeah. Excellent match, my friend. Uh, excellent match. Please definitely go and, uh, and watch it. Crazy star uh, versus Tam and Yuna was terrific. I mean, it's May Sarah and Susan Suzuki are slowly becoming my favorite tag team in all of wrestling and uh they did have my favorite match out of these four shows which i'm sure you can figure out in about four seconds which match that was uh obviously this match is to, to further along build up the story with uh suzu and tam they have some bombs they throw some absolute bombs in this match uh that match is really really good as well and yuna does a great job you know when this match is starting who's taking the pinfall and uh maybe yuna mizumori is now the new is the saeed of cosmic angels but she looks great. I mean, she looks great. Her look, you know, she's she's trimmed down. She's tan. She looks in fantastic shape. She's uh, She works very well with Tam. Her and Suzu have some great exchanges. Her and May Sierra have a little bit of a uh, small, um, high-paced, uh, high-speed, um, high-speed, that's what I'm looking for, like high-speed segment to the point where, like, man, if they're looking for challenges for May Sierra coming down the line, I would love to see Yun and May go at it in a, in a high-speed match because they had some really good stuff. Yeah, the match was really good. I had at three and three fourth stars uh, and everything else on the show was really good but those are the three to highlight again with that three-way with han and sherry and mina shirakawa because they did not hold anything back my friend i've heard good things about that match to be fair um and there's been sort of a little bit of subtle teasing that hanan is the one that mina shirakawa is going to target to uh to join at the, at the moment the two 
members of Club Venus, but uh, we will see. We will see. Um, We move on then to the show from the 8th of October, this time from Gifu in Japan, Taijimi City Industrial Cultural Center, uh, in front of 284 people. And your results are as follows. Uh, we open with a three-way battle, Megan Bain pinning Tekla um, and defeating Kogama because she was also part of the match, uh, with an F5 in 6 minutes and 14 seconds. Crazy Star get another victory. Maysera and Suzu Suzuki. Maysera getting the pinfall over Miu Amasaki, the team of Miu and Lady C, in 9 minutes and 17 seconds with the shooting star. Um, in another tag team match, Tam Nakano and Yuna Mizumori, the Cosmic Angels team, defeated Hanako and Mina Shirakawa, with Tam getting the pin over Hanako in 8 minutes and 6 seconds with the Tiger Suplex. Six woman tag next with the DDM team of May Sakurai, Micah, and Julia getting the win over the stars team of Mayu, Hanan, and uh, Hazuki with Micah pinning Hanan with the Enkara Toshi in 11 minutes and 7 seconds. And then in your main event, we had the Oweratai team, six-woman tag, Momo Watanabe, Natsukatora, and Ruwaka defeating the God's Eye team of Saki Kashima, Suri, and Mirai with Momo Watanabe pinning Saki with the Hidenatoshi driver. Um, Matt, what was worth seeing on this show? What would you recommend? Rob Goodwin, I would recommend, again, it's another crazy star match, Lady C, Miyu Amasaki, who are currently, uh, now that Izumi's out, well, let's just say Izumi's still on the shelf, right, For just for the sake of this. Lady C, Miyu Amasaki, who are currently the A-team of Queen's Quest. <laughs> I gotta make it, I, I got, you know, I love Queen's Quest. They're my, they're my favorites, but it's like, yeah, they're the, they're the go-to to the flag bearers. They team up really well together. They have some really good outings uh, on this tour, but uh, May Sarah and Suzu Suzuki, they're fantastic as well. Really good stuff there. I had it three and three-fourth stars. Now, Mr. Rob Goodman, the co-main event and the main event, I both have four stars. But if you're asking me which match I enjoyed better, I'm going with the co-main event. Um, there's a bunch of it's four stars, so that's a pretty high rating. The main reason why I will slightly take the co-main event of DDM versus SARS over the main event of God's Eye versus Soweto Tai is based on the DDM team, Rob. They hit the Holy Demon Army finish on the Hanan. <laughs> so that always, yes, it's uh, with... Julia and Micah doing the uh, backdrop driver choke slam combination, akin to my second favorite tag team of all time, the Holy Demon Army of Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Teru. You may be saying, Matt, who's your favorite tag team of all time? It is the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, that's a match I would love to see. Maybe that that might be a what if booking. It's uh, the Holy Demon Army versus the Rock and Roll Express. Regardless, really good stuff. Hanan and Micah really do a great job tearing into each other. If you remember how good it was, the very first match on the five star Grand Prix from this year. And it was an excellent match. I know a lot of people were saying, man, if they got two or three more minutes, how good it could have been. And they kind of tease it here. Like, they're kind of going somewhere. Uh, and, of course, Hazuki's in the match. So her stuff with Julia is really good. Tekla has really... She, Tekla's really kind of been almost, like, lost in the shuffle of this Micah, Julia, is Suzu Suzuki going to join thing? And Tekla's done a great job these past three or four shows kind of separating herself and doing some different things 
in the match to kind of have people like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we keep forgetting how really good Tekla is, which is nice and refreshing. It's nice to see. You know, we mentioned before, Rob, about spacing out some of these tours to give some people some time off. I would love to see, you know, if that's what's going to happen, have Tekla, you know, give her a nice little push, maybe going towards like a white belt shot somewhere in 2024 because she was excellent on this tour. And again, you have Mayu, you have Hana and Hazuki on the other side. So the match was really good. The main event was, uh, you know, Sherry, Saki, they're all, Ruwaka tour. They're all great. But this was, again, basically a setup for Momo and Mirai for the pay-per-view on the very next day. Again, it's a match we all watched. It's a match that we all, we talked about last week. And you basically get like a mini version of that. It's just like really the two of them tearing into each other. Sherry comes in, does what she needs to do. Saki does the comedic stuff. We're walking tour fine as well. But uh, yeah, the if you enjoyed, you know, Momo versus uh, Mirai, from the uh, from the Nagoya pay-per-view, which we all did. This is basically like the appetizer because this show took place the day before. So, yeah, co-main event and main event were both uh, really good. But uh, if you're only watching one match from the show, Micah, Julia, Tekla versus Mayu, Han, and, and Hazuki is the go-to. It's funny you should mention Tekla because I thought on the pay-per-view, which we're going to talk about later, I thought she was the standout of that throwaway tag. And I know that they were sort of sort of highlighting May Sakurai as the one to really focus on. You know, the amazingly elegant new costume, the Okada dollars falling from the sky. Um, but I thought Tekla was a real standout there and had some really good exchanges with uh, with both Mio and Marai. Um and I think you're right in saying that Tagler has got lost in the shuffle. And I think, if I'm being honest, it's probably since she dropped the SWA belt. Um, I feel like in the wake of everything that's happened in Donna Del Mondo, with all of the tumult and uproar and then Ice Ribbon coming back to attack Julia, um, I feel like Tagler has been sort of put by the wayside and I know that she's had injuries as well but even so it's nice to remember that Tekla is bloody good in ring at times as in it's good to remember at times not that Tekla is good at times she's always good I know what I mean let's move on um <laughs> let's move on to the show from the 14 uh this one from Saitama in <clears throat> the Sidon Chemical Arena Saitama Sub Arena that's what Nailed it. <laughs> yep, absolutely nailed it. Uh, 273 people. You can tell by this point that Stardom's roster is slightly thin because Fuki and Death is in a singles match. And we start with that singles match. Kagama defeating Fuki and Death with an O'Connor roll reversal in 5 minutes and 32 seconds. The match that Matt mentioned earlier on, it is a very good match. Mina Shirakawa defeating Hanako in 8 minutes and 33 seconds with the figure for leg lock. We then have a tag team match. Hazuki and Maiwa Watani of Stars defeating the Queen's Quest A team of Lady C and Mio Amasaki with Hazuki pinning Lady C with a diving senton. In the semi-main event, six-woman tag, Megan Bain, Meisera, and Suzu Suzuki, defeating the Ueretai team of Momo Watanabe, Natsukatora, and Ruaka, with Megan Bain pinning Ruaka in 8 minutes and 40 seconds with a choke bomb. And then in your main event, an eight-woman tag team match, the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Micah, May Sakurai, and Tekla defeat the God's Eye team of Amisori, Siori, Saki Kashima, 
and Mariah in 30 minutes and 30 seconds with the greatest move <laughs> in professional wrestling. Move aside, Macho Man Randy Savage, because there is a new diving elbow drop in town. It's the her ladyship's May Sakurai's diving elbow drop. Yes, I am convinced that that would finish any wrestler. Brock Lesnar, not a chance. Not a chance. Mm-hmm. Mayu Iwatani's resilience does not stand a prayer against May Sakurai's elbow drop. Rob Goon, I have a, I have a, what, I have a what if that we're going to do. What if you were to go, what if we were to get your time machine? I'm convinced you have a DeLorean. We get in that DeLorean, we go 88 miles per hour, we fill that up with plutonium, we go to the early 1980s in Calgary, and we get the Bret, the uh, heart wrestling bear to take on May Sakurai. May Sakurai lands that elbow <laughs> on the stampede bear. Does the bear kick out or does May Sakurai get the win? That's what I want to know. I feel like, Matt, <laughs> and I feel... I don't think I've ever been so confident of anything in my entire life. No one and nothing can survive the May Sakurai elbow drop. It's just too powerful. It's just too beautifully executed. Um, there's no way anyone is kicking out of that. So I'm sorry, I've got to stick with her ladyship. Now, Rob, while we're talking about May Sakurai, I think this is a great time to insert this in. Did you hear the rumors that the uh, the Artists of Stardom Championship with uh, May Sakurai, Tekla, and Julia may be stripped uh, because it's supposed to be uh, three people on the team. And now they currently have four. It's Julia, Tekla, May Sakurai, and May Sakurai's hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to hold that one in. I'm watching this show, and I was like, and I know she's had this hat before. And maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but because I was kind of, this was the match I was, because this this show happened, uh, it came on Stardom World yesterday, too, this, so I was home. And I was just watching it, and I was in, you know, my own world. I didn't have all the Comic Con stuff going with eighty-four people in this, our small room. And I was like, I know she's had that hat before. I don't know if it's just gotten bigger or I'm paying more attention. But I was like, holy geez, like that thing needs its own zip code. And I absolutely love it. I would love for her to come out each month with like a bigger hat. It just keeps getting like bigger. <laughs> Not every show, because then like maybe like each month or every six or seven weeks, where the hat just gets bigger to the point where obviously julie gets the grand entrance she's the big star down the mundo literally to the point though where they have all the other members of ddm and the rookies have to pull the curtain over because they need all the room to get may sakurai's hat in <laughs> i'm all for that brother i love it i love it let's keep piling it out again may sakurai she's doing something to separate herself no disrespect to her and her fans is she going to be the best wrestler in star she's not going to be good as julia micah mayu psycho yada 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 it's the best roster in all of wrestling so what is she doing to separate herself she's doing this ladyship gimmick she's got the okada dollars she's doing that promo afterwards win lose or draw now she's adding this giant eight foot hat so i love it move over move <laughs> over jr there's a new person with a better hat in pro wrestling your 30 some odd year reign is over <laughs> i love the fact that she's got this enormous hat and i do i love the idea of it just progressively getting bigger um i think it should be every time she gets a pinfall victory every time she gets a pinfall victory just add another ridiculous thing to the hat like another feather <laughs> or a stuffed vulture or something like massive to the hat um between that and the furry bear gloves that she's got going on as well like this costume is phenomenal and now with that money that comes down she's throwing around i love it i absolutely love the gimmick you're absolutely right matt she's not going to be the greatest worker on the roster like she's not a future red belt champion you know 
with all due respect. But she is so entertaining on that undercard. And some wrestlers need, you know, if you are on the undercard, separate yourself, make yourself stand out. And May Sakurai has done a wonderful job of that to the point where she is extremely entertaining. And of course, that hat, absolutely tremendous. You know what I was thinking of hat, Rob? I don't know if you remember this episode of the uh, the Simpsons where Homer goes to I want to say it's a football game or a baseball game where he gets the nacho hat where it's a uh, sombrero yes. made out of uh, nachos and the top is where you, you would rip off different parts of the hat to get the nacho and dip it into the nacho cheese. That's what I want to see. I want to see her coming with a nacho <laughs> hat. Oh man. Stardom. That would be incredible. We know we have people that work for Stardom that listen to this podcast. I don't understand how you're not a trillion dollar company after listening to some of these some of these wild ideas we have can you imagine the merch sales of replica nacho <laughs> may sakurai hats they'd be incredible go through the roof you've got like little baby ones for children and you just got them all oh honestly incredible and like as may sakurai's delivering these post-match promos you've just got kids munching on their hats oh it- Incredible. You pan, you pan again, to that, it's like Bret Hart in 94 with the glasses. Same thing. Same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Every week, May Sakurai takes off this enormous hat and gives it to a child. <laughs> and that child needs eight adults to take that hat out of the building. Honestly, Sardom, honestly, we're giving you gold here. We're literally printing you money. Um, the hat's really not that big. We have exaggerated it massively. <laughs> Um, it is it is uh, it is bigger than your average hat anyway matt this show apart from may sakurai's attire um what should we be checking out from saitama i may mention as soon as this match was over i put on twitter x or whatever it's called that um mia shirakawa versus hanako by no means was it flair versus steamboat 89 but this was really good mia shirakawa did not pull any punches at all this tour she was like, it doesn't matter if I'm in the ring with Shuri and Hana for 15 minutes or I'm in the ring with the rookie for eight and a half minutes. I'm going to give these people a show, which I absolutely love. Mina Shirakawa did a great job making Hanako look good with the shoulder tackles or anytime that Mina would go to the leg, Hanako would use her power to overpower, for lack of a better term, uh, Mina Shirakawa. So, and again, this was, yeah, I'm not, I don't know if there's a better, again, she's only been wrestling a handful of months, but this is the best match I've seen Hanako in. She was great in the match. Mina did a great job leading her. And that is what, you know, we made mention a handful of months ago that Mina is now a full-time main eventer whenever they need her to go in a main event. Whether it's a pay-per-view, whether it's, you know, a smaller show in front of 300 people, whether it's a Corkin, she can do that. And one of the things that a main eventer, a constant main eventer needs to do is to be able to lead somebody through a match, whether they're mid-card, whether they're, you know, close to the main event, or whether they're a rookie like Hanako. And she did. Again, this match, by no means was it a five-star classic, but it was really great. And you see the progression of both Mina as a constant main eventer as Hanako, somebody coming up that uh, I think the company's going to have, you know, big, big plans for. I had it at three and three-fourth stars. And um, the next match, my friend, was probably my favorite match of the show, with uh, Hazuki and Mayu Utani taking on Lady C and Miyu Amasaki, the uh, current Queen's Quest A-team. Now, I think how this one went was that as Lady C and Miyu got into the building, that Utami, Azumi, and Sayaka Matani, they all called them up and they said, hey, who are you guys wrestling? Hazuki and Mayu. They said, well, you're representing Queen's Quest, Lady C. 
since Azumi can't be there to kick somebody's head in, since Saitamatani can't be due there to do her, her high-impact offense, since Utami's not there to clothesline Hazuki in the next week, you have to challenge us to go up to Hazuki. Now, of course, Hazuki gets in there with Lady C and she goes full Hazuki mode. But there's one point where, like, Hazuki throws all those forms and she's doing Hazuki things that we love. And she comes off the rope a thousand miles an hour. And next thing you know, Lady C just throws her foot up and just kicks Hazuki's face in the front row. And I'm like, okay, is Lady C versus Hazuki the feud now that I really, really want to see? Because <laughs> these two just beat the crap out of each other. Mayu was great, right? And Miyu, they did a good, great job getting Miyu in from, t- from time to time. And again, Miyu Amasaki is somebody that has improved so much the last six or seven months. But I just love this violence with Lady C and Hazuki. Yeah, I was like, all right, this is where we're going with this one. This is the psychology. As these two are going to fight, we're going to see Miyu from time to time. She's great. And Mayu's like the greatest wrestler ever. Let her do her thing when it's time. But I'm all for this like almost shoot-style match, work-shoot-style match with Lady C and Hazuki. I thought it was great. Uh, with less than eight minutes, I had it at actually three and three-fourth stars. And uh, yeah, the main event was good as well. I had that three and three-fourth stars as well. As uh, Julie did a great job, um, you know, obviously she beat Amisori a few weeks ago in Cork and Hall for the New Japan Strong Championship, excuse me, to retain the Strong Championship. But she did a really good job, like, making Amisori look like if she wants to, in a month or two, she can go back and challenge for the title again. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was terrific, but it was kind of with Julia's Oliver finishers, with Micah Oliver finishers, and Tekla's great. I was like, oh, we ended the show with a diving elbow drop. I was like, I wonder what Rob's going to say about it. And brother, I think we said enough on it. I think we said enough. But uh, yeah, the two standouts for me were uh, Mina versus Tanako and Mayu and uh, Hazuki versus the new shoot style, strong style, Lady C and Miyu Amasaki. Yeah, we, to be honest, we thought that obviously with the raft of injuries um, that now includes on this show, Azumi and Tam, we assumed that there would be less matches that go longer. And there's only one match on this entire show, on the five matches, that actually goes above 10 minutes. Um, Everything is sub-10 minutes apart from the main event, and that only goes 13 and a half minutes. So this is a really concise show and it's it's a fun show i wouldn't say that it's compulsory viewing by any stretch of the imagination matt you already mentioned the uh the progress in hanako and that's something that you know i don't want to say she's benefited from ayasakura's injury because that's really morbid and that's not what i mean but because of ayasakura's injury she has had to step up as the sole rookie left from that class of three um and i think she's done tremendously well She's looked powerful in her offense. She's selling really well. I think she sold really well against Mina here. I think she sold in parts very well on the Goddess of Storm Tag League opening night as well. So it's excellent to see that. Miyu Amasaki, it's a really interesting dynamic between Miyu and Lady C. Because in that, that tag team, Lady C and Miyu, you would assume that Lady C is the more senior of the pair. Yeah, it's Lady C that's eating the pinfall. And I find that really, really interesting because obviously they are protecting Miu because they see a lot of potential in Miu and I think she's improved a lot, a lot since her debut against Utami back at the first New Blood show. 
But as well, Miyu is another one who is literally taped to the gills. Did you see how much tape is on her back at the moment? Yeah, I think you mentioned it in the last show, the show before. Like Miyu just seems like she's uh, she's adding more and more tape, very much to uh, like May Sakurai's hat. Again, uh, we'll try to get off. We'll try to get off that. Oh man, that's our new new bit, brother. New bit. Um, yeah, you're right. And uh, and she's still going full force. She's still doing the handspring elbow. She's still taking some big bumps. She might be one again. Mm. She's not. Well, she's, I was going to say, she's not a main eventer, but she's going to be very important in these Goddess of Stardom tag matches because she is teaming with uh, Azumi, and the two of them have really gelled really well together, uh, you know, from the beginning of the summer up until now. So, yeah, I'd like for maybe to see Miyu Amasaki, maybe if she's not, doesn't have any O2 line matches, you know, coming up in some of these tours, maybe hold her back, you know, a day or two to maybe so she can heal up uh, a little bit because. Again, you're going to be doing all those double teams with the zooming that's going a thousand miles an hour, and her running off the ropes with a bad back or a bad knee or a bad neck is almost going to be create like a whiplash effect. So, uh, I mean, kudos to Miyu Amasaki, who made her career kind of got halted very early with an injury, and uh, she's gutting through all the pain because she has a lot of momentum coming off the Shuri match, the Nunai match, the Izumi match. So, I think that's her thing is like, no, I have all this momentum. I don't want to take myself off the road, but it might be a point where stardom has to be like, Hey, look, we don't, there's no O2 line matches coming up. You know, why don't you uh, stay back two or three days to, to kind of maybe heal up a little bit. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what that, we'll see if that, but kudos to Miyu Amasaki for gutting through all that pain and putting on some really good matches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on then to the main event of today's show, the uh, the opening night of the Stardom Goddess of Storm Tag League 2023 uh, from Ota City General Gymnasium um, on the 15th of October 2023. And this is a card that has gone through many, many incarnations and had to be changed around with uh, obviously all the injuries and things. Um, and... The first thing I think we need to talk about, and I feel like we talk about a lot, is the attendance. Um, just 812 people in the building for this show. Now, it's not all doom and gloom. Obviously, you point to the facts, you know, right at the start of the show, I said four pay-per-views in October. I am 100% sure that that is part of the reason for the attendance. However... You look at the fact that this show had no Tam, no Utami, no Saya, no Azumi, no Starlight Kid. That's five huge names that aren't on this show. And your tag champs. What... And your tag champs in a tag tournament. Even though they weren't exactly. even though they weren't supposed to be in the tag tournament together because it's supposed to be Meltier, but you still don't have Sayoriano and uh and not support your tag champs in any way, shape, or form considering the fact it's a tag tournament. So, yeah, I kind of just want to throw that on there, brother. Yep. <laughs> I I completely agree with you, as it turns out. I think we talked about it during the preview. Um, but I think that huge amount of star power missing, the fact that, again, and I've said this before, the fact that tag team tournaments are just not as appealing as singles tournaments. We've just come off the back of the five-star not two weeks ago. Um, I think all of these are contributing factors to, you know, the poor attendance. You compare it to the opening night of last year's tag tournament, that drew over 2,000 people. But that's misleading because it also had a championship match on and the IWGP tournament where Mayu and Utami main evented and Kairi and Alpha Female 
were on the card as well. So it's slightly misleading. Um, I'm sure Stardom will be disappointed with the number, but, you know, there are quite a few contributing factors as to why that number is so low. I am sure that they would have been expecting... You would In Ota, you are looking for 1,200 as a minimum, Matt. Yeah, I think it's... Uh... Let's do everything that you said. Just, you know, the wrath of shows. I think that has a little bit to do with it, but the fact that there's just so many big stars that are missing. And even Julia, you know, they had to bring back Andres Miyagi. And I, that may be something they may have been going for. I don't know. But it's like, you know, even with Julia, who's probably of this crop, you're, you know, one of your most well-known stars. You don't even have her in the tournament. You're bringing in somebody that hasn't wrestled and started in the last five years. And the match was great. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, we're going to get into this card. And, uh, you know, I made mention before on social media, I said, even with the wrath of injuries that have happened to stardom, uh, as per usual, Rob, this was a dynamite show. It was worth every penny I spent on it, especially the main event tag match and the, uh, you know, the, the crazy star versus prominence match. But again, you know, I mean, that just goes to show you how stacked this roster of stardom is that they're missing all that talent. You know, no, not support, no, Sayoriano. Obviously, she's not injured, but, you know, not booked on the show. You know, no Utami, no Azumi, no Saikamatani, um, you know, no Tam. So you have a lot of big stars that are missing on this show, and they still put on a finger of a show. Yeah, 812 people down quite a bit from the previous year. Obviously, the previous year did have, you know, some special stuff on there as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you you got to give credit to all the competitors that were that uh, that were in the ring that answered the bell, they all give it 110%. And that's the thing that I am uh, going to give my thumbs up the, up the most. You know, I understand the attendance isn't as good as we would like um, for here at the Stardom cast, but uh, you, you cannot say anything about the heart and determination from everybody that was uh, that was in, the, in on this show. Oh, no, certainly. It's not indicative of match quality by any stretch of the imagination. Um, there are some some really good matches that you do need to check out, which obviously we're going to be talking about in a moment. We opened on the pre-show with uh, Ruwaka defeating Yuna Mizumori in 5 minutes and 56 seconds with the freezer bomb. Not a great deal to say about this match, Matt, but uh, I'm surprised that Ruwaka's getting the victory over Yuna, who, since her storyline with Cosmic Angels has concluded, seems to be doing nothing but losing, unfortunately. Yeah, you figured on the pre-show that she would get a win here um and i was shocked that yeah they went about five minutes it was a good five minutes you know it wasn't anything blow away but it wasn't anything bad obviously ruwak is very good and unum is is you know probably you know as we get to the month of november probably the in my opinion the most improved wrestler in all of wrestling for the year 2023 but uh i don't think it would have hurt to put unum is over here but again what do i know especially as unum is is in the tag league and Ruaka isn't. It feels like giving her a victory would uh, set her up because I imagine if Tam is fit to do the rest of the tournament, I imagine Yuna is the one that's going to be eating all the falls in the tournament because you certainly aren't going to have Tam. Unless it's setting up a title challenge, you aren't having Tam eat any falls as the world of stardom champion. Hot take here, folks. Hot take from Rob Goodwin. (laughs) Um... We then moved on to the opening match of the main card, which saw the Donald Del Mondo team of May Sakurai and Tekla defeat the team, the makeshift team, it's worth noting, of Mirai and Miyu Amasaki 
in 7 minutes and 33 seconds. May Sakurai in her enormous hat, beating Miu with the ladies' clutch in 7 minutes and 33. This, of course, was supposed to be, I believe, Mariah and May Sakurai versus O2 line. But with Azumi being taken off the show, this was sort of put together as uh, as a sort of makeshift tag. Um, interesting dynamic in the fact that May Sakurai and Mirai are a team in this tournament and are facing off here. I quite like the dynamic of May Sakurai fighting. Not necessarily dirty, but sort of, you know, trying to blind Mirai with the money, for example. And you've got Mirai fighting very, very clean. As I mentioned before, I thought Tekla melded really, really well with both Mirai and Mio Amasaki. Something we don't really talk about is the history of Tekla and Mirai, who both debuted at the start of 2022 as members of Donna Del Mondo, and then Mirai went and left to join God's Eye. So there is a little bit of history there. There's a little bit of interesting dynamic with Mei Sakurai and Mirai, as like I said, they are tagging. Mio Amasaki ran around like a lunatic during this match, and then we saw Mei Sakurai's lovely brand-new clutch. So overall... A fun little match. Again, not compulsory viewing, but it was a fun match. And it's great to see May Sakurai get those reps as this ladyship character. And it's good to see the more confidence she gets with the character. Yeah, my friend, I I, uh, I completely agree. Really good. A good match, good opener, good way to uh, start the show. Uh, I actually had three and a quarter stars. How about you? Uh, I had it. I will tell you exactly where I had it. I had it at three stars three stars exactly um was my rating for that we then moved on well yeah we'll do this first so we moved on then to the singles match um julia defeating the former andres miyagi michiko as she's known now uh, in 10 minutes and 19 seconds with the northern light bomb um matt obviously we've seen andres miyagi um, in stardom, we saw her in 2018, 2019 as a member of Oedetai. We weren't overly enamoured with her in ring. She was quite literally the definition of fine. How do you think she did here? She was fantastic. Um, I know when we went back about two years ago or so and we did the Momotanabe Wonder Stardom Championship review, I think we both had her match, no disrespect, as probably the bottom of almost Momo's matches. Uh, you can tell Andres Miyagi was part of a wedding tie because uh, <laughs> a wedding tie's got a wedding tie. I guess like once you're a wedding tie, you're a wedding tie for life because this thing was violent, fast, and it did the wedding tie ECW style brawl all over the place. Um, she hits Julia with this uh, apron power bomb, and again, there's rumors out there. Uh, we don't, we can can't confirm or deny that we have the uh, truth. Here, but where there's uh, rumors that Julia's not wrestling at 100%, that she may have a bruised tailbone. But for her to do some of the stuff, even at 100% that she did, you know, that power bomb she took into the apron, that pile driver through the table uh, that she did, that she just split the table right in half. Uh, there were some really, really awesome spots here, you know, the tombstone uh, pile driver. And then uh, the, she does a, uh, Andres Miyagi. How do you pronounce her new wrestling name, Rob? Michiko. 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 She does a great job of kind of getting the ref out of the way so she can try for the tombstone pile driver onto the chair. Um, and then, uh, or she does, she gets the tombstone onto the chair, gets a two count. And then it, it's kind of weird because you have all this violence and then she hits the two tombstones, you know, the war, the one on the chair. And then all of a sudden, Julie just gets up. She hits a couple violent backdrop drivers and then the Northern Lights bomb for three. 
was like, this was a good match. It was a fun match. It was very violent. Didn't overstay its welcome. You know, went a little over 10 minutes. But I think the finish of just like Julia eating that tombstone on the chair and then kind of just getting up and then just dropping uh, Michiko on her, on her head twice and then the Northern Lights bomb was like, kind of what happened here. I, like to me, part of me was like, referee's like, hey, Julia, you know that in a little bit you got to get cleaned up because we're doing the, uh, the opening ceremonies for the uh, the goddess tournament, right? Like, oh yeah, by the way, oh yeah, let me just grab her, just drop her on her head a few times and call it a day. So uh, that I that was just kind of a, you know how they kind of it seemed like to me they rushed to the finish. They could have drawn out a little more drama with the selling, especially with that with those big big bumps they were doing. But all in all, I thought this match was great. Uh, again, you know, we like you said before, she was the definition of fine and starting back in 2017, 2018, she really seems to be have hit her uh, stride here with this new character throughout Glee. And I haven't seen her doing any of this stuff in Glee before. And if there's any matches that we should be checking out, by all means, folks, you know how to get a hold of us. But I thought she was great here. I thought Julie was great here. You know, this was violent. It was right up to the dangerous queens, uh, you know, right up her alley. Uh, excellent stuff. Three and three-fourths stars, my friend. Yeah, I gave it three and a half. It was a good match. It was far better than I expected, just because I had those preconceived notions of uh, Andrus Miyagi way back in 2019. Um, I don't think it was ever in doubt that Julia was going to win here. Um, I'd like to know a little bit more of the story because I haven't actually seen the end of um, the match where Michiko challenges Julia to a singles match. Um, I've seen a couple of people say this is basically a glorified squash. I I don't agree with that. I think there was a lot of to and fro, especially in the early goings and especially in the brawling outside. That apron powerbomb was disgusting, um, especially when you consider the fact that Julia is working with, uh, with a coccyx injury. That must have been so unpleasant to take. Um, but overall, I thought it was it was a decent back and forth. Will it be something they revisit? I don't know. I think they, I'm in complete agreement with you, Matt. I think they could have drawn out the ending a little bit more. But uh, aside from that, I thought it was uh, it was good all round. Three and a half stars, solid singles match. Um, we then had what is quite possibly the saddest opening ceremony to a goddess of stardom tag league I've ever seen. And I only say that because of the amount of people who had to come out without their partners. They're going to, pr- like, they're going to prom by yourself, you know? <laughs> it really was like you've got Mafia Bella coming on with the coats and the hats and the glasses looking like a badass. And then you've got Miyu Wamasaki coming out on her own, just like, is it me supposed to be here? Yuna Mizumori, bless her, didn't know what to do with herself. She was like, I'm supposed to be with Tam, but here i am on my own especially with um, somebody it, like tam who chews up the scenery you know you just kind of just need to be there and let tam do her thing and you're gonna get over so it's just like oh man like not only is tam supposed to be here she's the world of stardom champion and you know it's walking to tam road and she had to walk the tam road without tam you know hurts she did hurts to say it oh my heart oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah one thing it did do though is it gave us the first sort of viewing of the team Divine Kingdom, which is the team of uh, Micah and Megan Bain. And I will say now, if we are talking wow factor, first impact sort of factor, there's no other team in this entire tournament that should be winning it 
apart from Divine Kingdom. Give them the win. Give them a nice long run at the top of the tag division because between this entrance, Micah's headgear, the the music, because Micah's entrance is one of the best in stardom, the way they carried themselves, the way they've gelled as a team, the way that they are just two badass powerhouses, just give them the titles now because I think it works. It really really works and i think of the all of the mismatched teams that we've got this year divine kingdom without a shadow of a doubt are the one that i am most excited by matt yeah they really reminded me of the and of the road warriors in the 80s and early 90s of just being dominant and they they used the doomsday mm. device obviously we'll get to it uh in a moment to set up for the power bomb so i know me you and a lot of people i talked to have divine kingdom winning the whole thing and for the reasons you just mentioned, but then I watched that main event and maybe it's just because I'm the biggest Suzuki fan in the world. And I'd be like, you know what? They're really not doing much with Kagama. They're really not doing much with Suzuki. I don't think that Suzuki is going to be challenging for the white belt until sometime next year. Cause I think Mina's is going to get it back at the end of the year. I would not say no to having FWC win this tournament. And then a dream queen. And it's FWC versus Sayori Poi. That would be an absolute barn burner of a match. But if you're looking for just like that wow factor, that awe factor, then it's Mike and Mega Bane. But I think that you can go left or go right on any of those two scenarios, and I think it's a win-win. So we shall see, sir. But yeah, just on that entrance of loan, just the two of them, they literally are the female road warriors. Like just badass. Like who's going to knock them off the uh, off their pedestal? Megan Bane's only been pinned once. Uh, and that was from Tam in the red belt match that really exceeded expectations. Mike is coming off this just barely losing the finals finals of the five star and then just punching Suzu Suzuki in the throat and then basically just whipping Julia around uh, from the pay-per-view from last week. So it's interesting to see the two of them together and they had the proper match, which we'll get into a, l- a little bit later. But yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a team have a certain aura in the history of stardom of like badassery. That is, uh, you know, divine that name, Divine Kingdom. Sounds like it should be a name of an Iron Maiden album, my friend. It really should. It should be something of Final Fantasy, shouldn't it? Um, but one team that uh, had had enough of uh, <laughs> being outshone was uh, was Prominence, who, and that, this I really liked. So whether this was supposed to be the match now or not, um, Prominence attacked crazy star may sarah and suzu suzuki obviously suzu suzuki a former member of prominence before leaving to join stardom so a lot of heat a lot of history there um and prominence dragged crazy star from the uh from the stage where everyone was stood dragged them into the ring and started the match with a beatdown. love that i thought that was great you don't need to wait for the bell there is anger between prominence and suzu suzuki let them fight what did make me laugh though was as risa sayer is dragging suzu aggressively down the ramp you can just see all the other tag teams making their way quietly and slowly off the stage as though this is absolutely fine that really got nothing to do with me brother (laughs) yeah absolutely i'm gonna go back um but yeah this match crazy star may sayer and suzu suzuki versus prominence hiragi kurumi and risa sayer ending in a time limit draw both teams getting their first point this was fantastic matt hard hitting there was an anger and credit to hatman for just leaning into his gimmick and starting this tournament off with a time limit draw 
Yeah, not only that, but the uh, best match of the show, best match of the four um, shows that we uh, we have talked about. Uh, this was absolutely fantastic. Great way to start this tournament. You know, it's like, well, you know, all these people are hurt. They can't come out. We, you know, there's no Tam. There's no Azumi. Not Sapoy was supposed to be here. You know, maybe we would have had an Aphrodite team if Saya didn't get injured. So we can't have that. But what we can have, we'll do something completely different. What is of the prominence team say, nope, we're starting this match now. I think on the rundown, it was supposed to be the co-main event. But like, nope, this is how we're starting. We're starting an absolute bang with Risa Sarah just dragging Suzu all over the arena. And then saying, no, we're going to have a uh, match now. And even though Suzu was like getting her ass kicked, she's like, you realize this is like my bag, right? You realize that like, I'm, I love this. Like, absolutely, let's go. And I liked it how like anytime Suzu would get the advantage, Karumi Haragi would come in. And she is just like the unsung hero of this, that entire, since prominence has been a part off and on of stardom, you know, the last year and a half is kind of the unsung hero. Obviously people point to Suzu and Rita Sarah for obvious reasons, but she was great here. And I loved how Macea was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to outpower Risa with the strikes. I'm not going to be able to go move for move with uh, Haragi, but Risa, like her, our, our Mace era, like her first big move in the match was like after like poor Susan just getting pummeled, she just comes off the rope with that springboard blockbuster. And it's like, okay, now we have the, we, we, I'm able to use my speed and my agility to take down the tank that is Haragi and able to kind of swing the favor back and are the match back in the way of Crazy Star. I thought it was a really cool move and a really great way to highlight Mace era in the midst of all this craziness. And then we just have like just fantastic teamwork from Crazy Star. You know, I mentioned before how they're slowly becoming my favorite tag team in all of wrestling. You know, ever since that fantastic instant classic match with uh, the two of them challenging Sayori Poi for the tag belts. Uh, just really good stuff here. This uh, back and forth action non-stop but everything making sense everybody looking really good um suzu when i liked how suzu was trying for the sky twister press and she gets cut off and then uh rita sarah hits the uh, top road air raid crash and then uh kuru haragi then just drops her right on her head with an island driver uh and then suzu's able to fight back which is those brutal strikes those uh, that three kick trio she does into the tequila shot, and then Kuruma Haragi hits the uh, hits the, the the B driver, the bastard driver, gets a two count, and then uh, basically we just have like a four way brawl as the time expires. Great way to start this tournament. Great way to highlight these two teams who are favorites going into the tournament. Uh, this was terrific. Just one of the best tag matches I've seen in all of wrestling this year. And uh, again, time limit draw. Sometimes we kind of like you know are, we kind of shrug our shoulders, like really time limit draw. I love this. This was the perfect time and everything to do a time limit draw. Made sense here. This was great, Rob. I had this at four and a half stars. I absolutely loved it. Wow. I had it at four. I thought, again, the chemistry between the two teams was perfect. I think time limit draw was absolutely the correct choice for these two teams. You don't want to hand Suzu a loss having just won the five-star Grand Prix. You want to keep Prominent strong because, as you mentioned, they are one of the favourites heading into the tournament. Fantastic way to open the Tag League, especially when you know you're fighting an uphill battle with the amount of people that you've got off this card. Starting the actual tournament with something like this with a bang, I think they did a tremendous job. So one point each to the two favourites, I think, to uh, alongside Mafia Bella, top red block. We then moved on to our next match, which was the team of Moonlight Venus, Mina Shirakawa and Waka Tsukiyama, defeating Maximum Mini, which is Hanako and Saya Ida, um, with Mina 
pinning Hanaka with the implant DDT in 7 minutes and 19 seconds to get them their first victory of the tournament. Matt, this was fine. <laughs> this was fine. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was fine. There was nothing phenomenal about it. There was nothing bad about it. The, In my opinion, the best part of the match was eat a chop, mean a kick. Eat a chop, mean a kick. And that was right up my alley. Yes. I'm like, yes, absolutely. And then Hanaka would come in and she would overpower uh, the club being Venus team, the Moonlight Venus team. And then Mina's like, you know what? I'm the only real main eventer in here. I'm the smartest one here. I'm just going to go to everybody's leg. And that's basically what she did. Like, drop, like, and it, you know, it makes sense. That's your strategy. That's Mina's thing is she uses the strikes to set up to go to the knee. And it was simple psychology. It told a simple story. Waka was really good at her. Her and Mina worked together really, really well. Uh, really good stuff. Again, the uh, the money for me in this match is, is uh, Saya and Mina. And hopefully somewhere down the line, we get, you know, on one of these cool, unquote, road to shows, we have a match where they wrestle like nine or ten minutes because their stuff was just awesome. Obviously, we're huge fans of Saeed on the show. Mina Shirakawa, we've been toting her since early 2022 as that she's someone that's going to break out soon to be a huge star. And here she is. Yeah, fine match. Um, three and a half stars. Was nothing offensive. I I don't know how much of a fan of Sayuridi you actually are, Matt, because you made the absolutely horrendous claim that Mina Shirakawa is the only main eventer in this match. How dare you sully the name of Sayurida in that way? Well, you know if she got if she beaten Kyrie last week like she we like, like she should have, you know what I mean? Then uh but that's <laughs> Tune into What If to see how we'd have booked it. Um, <laughs> I did book a match with Kyrie and Saeed, didn't I? And I think I even said for you the, did. I believe. I, think I said for no reason. It's got nothing to do with. It. I just want to see Kyrie versus Saeed on a big pay per view. <laughs> Absolutely, the chop up would be incredible. Um, yeah, this was this was great. I gave it. I think I gave it three stars. Um, I did. I gave it three stars. It was fine. It did what it needed to do. It gave um, Moonlight Venus the victory that they needed. Hanako and Sayurida are going to get limited points because a rookie is on that team, and that's just the way it is. But it is nice to see, A, a nice bit of chemistry between Saya and Hanako. I thought they had, you know, enough there to make you want to root for them as a team. And it's nice to see Sayurida as the senior member of a team not being the one pinned. I know that's really pathetic, but it's just nice to see her being the one that's watching and, you know, consoling the person taking the pitfall rather than being the weak link in the team. It's just nice to see. Um, we move on then to the next match, which was the aforementioned Divine Kingdom, Micah and Megan Bain, defeating the team of Amisori and Lady C, who I believe are going to be called the Tokyo Towers, but I could be wrong. Love it. Um, in six... Yeah, it's a great name. Um, in six minutes and 27 seconds, Megan Bain pinning Lady C, who came out in New Gear, with the F5 to move to two points. Um, definitive, I think, is the way that we can describe this match, Matt. It wasn't a squash by any stretch of the imagination, but it was about as dominant a start for Divine Kingdom as you are going to get without it being a squash, if that makes sense. Rob Goodwin, we always give stardom a lot of great ideas, and I just had one I'm going to say now before I forget. If the team name is the Tokyo Towers, it reminds me of the Twin Towers. Stardom, you need to have the Doctor-style slick accompany Lady C and Ami Sawyer <laughs> to the ring for the rest of this tournament. Anywho, Mr. Rob Goodwin. <laughs> Jive so bro, you know what I mean? You're all, all Absolutely. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, they should be called the Jive Soul Bros. Oh, oh that would be incredible. Oh my goodness. Anyway, and, continue. Uh, so, uh, uh, wrestling, <laughs> a match. Yeah, it was. I wasn't a squash, but it was. It was very definitive. Uh, Lady C looked great in her new gear. Ami, so I like how they started the match out going to Ami Sori and Lady C strengths, which is their chops, and they were double chopping Micah and Mega Ben. I thought that was really cool. And then it got to a point where it's like Mike and Mega Ben are just gonna run right over them. Uh Lady C and Ami Sori did a great job on fighting back. But ultimately it was that brutal doomsday device and I absolutely love that they're using that to set up the finish. And I think that they should use that, hit that, and then if Mike is the legal person, she's the Mijinoko driver, or if Megan Bain's the finisher or the legal person, she hits the F five. So I like that combination. You know, I, I made a kin a few minutes ago because they remind me of the Road Warriors and the fact that they're using the Doomsday device and so the violent nature that they are doing it. Megan Bain is obviously one of, if not the tallest person currently on the starting roster, and Mike will throw some of the most brutal lariats in all of wrestling. So uh, the fact that you have that, you know, elevation with Micah coming off the top rope, and then it's like, oh, by the way, we're not done. He's either Mijinoko driver or the M5 really just goes to show who is going to beat the, the two of these. Like who, again, they're not having you know, Holy Demon Army versus Misawa, Kabashi, five and a half star classes. They'll have good matches, don't get me wrong. But I think the point is them for look completely dominant. And I love that. I absolutely love that. I thought they were great here. I thought this match, uh, six and a half minutes may not seem too long, but I think it did what it needed to do for them to kind of just take a little bit of heat, shine up the uh, the uh, Slick's new favorite tag team, the Tokyo Tower, just a little bit, and then just blitz them for the last two or three minutes and put them away. Uh, excellent stuff. Uh, just based on the psychology of Lowen and just how badass that Divine Kingdom are, I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I feel like Lady C is going to be eating a lot of pinfalls for the Jive, uh, for the Jive Bros. Um, <laughs> the Jive Soul Bros. Um, but yeah, this was all about Micah and Megan Bain, you know, setting the stall out early that they are going to be a dominant, dominant team. Um, and they did that well. I gave it three and a quarter stars. It was a great start, and uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, more of that team and more of that team at the top of the tag division in uh, high-profile matches because I think they'll be great. In your semi-main event, then we had another Goddess of Storm tag league match: the Uedatai XL team of Momo Watanabe and Natsukatora defeating the God's Eye team of Saki Kashima. And Suri in 10 minutes and 3 seconds. Momo pinning Saki with the Tequila Sunrise. Um, I loved the opening to this match. It really, really tickled me. And it's just another thing that Saki... It, that makes me laugh with the dynamic of Saki and Suri. The fact that Suri's showing tough love and refusing to tag in. The fact that Saki Kashima's like, right, okay, I'll start the match. And then the moment Suri turns her back, she ducks under the ropes and runs to the back and has to be brought back out. I thought that was great. The fact that every time she's on top, Saki looks to tag out and Suri's like, no, carry on. You're doing well. And then she'll inevitably get hit with a big boot or something. Honestly, the chemistry between Saki and Suri, and I think it's the complete disparity between the two styles, just makes this team work. You talk about the odd couple in this tag league. Saki and Suri are that in spades, Matt. Saki and Suri remind me of me and Amber. Opposites attract. Uh, nothing in common. <laughs> yeah, that's a, 
still don't know how I've made that work for 14 years, you know, but I, I think, she, I think she, I think she asked herself that every day too, regardless. Yeah. I liked how Saki and Sherry, they both came out like in the same gear of like Sherry's uh, almost like some of her tag gear that she's had. So I think it's cool that there's that symmetry. I love moment tour together. We've seen them t- tag a few times prior. We see their great chemistry uh, when there's uh, multi-person matches together. Uh, I thought Tora was great here. I thought Momo and Tora as a team were terrific. And especially with Tora being one of the MVPs of the five-star Grand Prix and Momo wants to now be really finding her niche into being a fantastic worker and a fantastic heel worker at that. Um, again, Saki was great here. Well, for me, Rob, this match, the money was those exchanges between Sherry and Momo Watanabe. You know, we talk all the time about how great their match was at the final of Five Star back in 2021. And again, Tora was great here. Saki's comic, you know, Saki put something completely different because you have three very, very violent uh, wrestlers in Sherry, Momo Watanabe, and Tora. And you know, Saki Cashman that wants nothing to do with it. But Sherry's like, no, we're going to get you there. We're going to get you there. Uh, and it gels really well. But, uh, those exchanges between Sher and Momo Watanabe, it's just like, oh, man, that's right. These two just don't miss. They just don't miss. And I would love to see somewhere down the line these two have some sort of feud. It doesn't even need to be for a championship because their stuff was just great. Uh, and then ultimately it was just Momo and Tora able to kind of divide and conquer to take Shuri out and then Momo just head-kicking Saki. Of course, Saki uh, does have to get the Kishikasai in. Because that is what, you know, you never can count Saki out of a match. That's the great thing about her. She can be getting bludgeoned the entire match. And then all of a sudden, she, you ro- she gets rolled up in the most devastating move in all pro refs in the Kishi Kasai. They did, a good, they did a great job teasing that. But ultimately, it's Mawatanabe just punting poor Saki's head almost into the front row. And then hitting the Tequila Sunrise for the pinfall. I uh, really enjoyed this match. I'm really going to enjoy both these teams in this tournament especially the Oedotai team of Tora and Momo Watanabe. Uh, like I said, just for their push they had in the five-star, uh, three and three-fourths three three stars. Really enjoyed it. Well, their team, um, Gold Ship, was one of the more entertaining teams of the um, of the Triangle Derby at the start of the year, the team between Saki, Momo, and Natsuka Tora. So I had high hopes of the XL team of Tora and Momo. And I think they could be a force to be reckoned with, certainly, um, because similar to Micah and Mega Main, there doesn't seem to be a weak link in Tora and Momo Watanabe. So that promises to be a very, very imposing team. However, post-match, as Suri is attempting to cradle Saki out of the ring, she gets a challenge via video link, and it's None other than the Scandinavian Hurricane herself, Alice Inc. She's also known as the Scandinavian Dragon. She is a black belt martial artist, a pro wrestler who perhaps is most well known for her run in WXW, where she is a former women's champion. Um, And she is going to be challenging Suri to her next UWF rules match, possibly Suri's most difficult challenge in that area um, and that has been made official for Gold Rush in November. So Matt, we have another UWF match but rather than it being someone on the stardom roster, we have a legitimate martial artist and I'm really excited to see how this works in a stardom ring to legitimate martial artists going at it in a UWF match. 
Rob, we have a local all women sh- shoot style promotion up my way called uh, it's, I think it's called Combat Elite, something like that. And when she, uh, when Allison Inc. had the little video, it took a little bit for anybody to kind of figure out who it was. And I, I, somebody tweeted the video to me and I retweeted asking if anybody can tell me who this was. And a lot of my friends from the local indie scene was like, oh, no, we've seen her on these shoot style matches. Uh, she's absolutely fantastic. Um, and she will have a great match with a legit UFC, former UFC fighter in Sherry. So I have not been able check out any of her stuff uh, just with the barrage of how busy i am folks i'll I'll, i'm gonna get this out now before i forget i was so busy this week with comic-con there will be no eo sure i watch this week because i just did not get the time and i apologize we'll double up on it next week so yeah i think i have a little bit of free time maybe to spare in the next day or two so i'm going to definitely look her up on youtube but from what my uh, friends who i highly respect in the wrestling business are telling me that she is a phenomenal shoot style wrestler and obviously sherry is one of the best of this generation at that style. So, uh, yeah, and that's uh, that's official for the next for the pay per view in November, correct? The uh, Tam versus Suzu one. It is indeed. Those are the two matches that have been made official so far: Siori versus Alice Inc. in a UF uh, UWF rules match, and then obviously the red belt match between Tam and the five star winner Suzu Suzuki. So exciting times! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I'm looking for. Honestly, I'm so intrigued to see how the stardom landscape is sort of forming. And I know this is completely off topic, how that main event scene is going to come, how it's going to look, sorry, after this, after this pay-per-view, because genuinely you have a complete blank slate then for dream queendom. Who is going, who is it going to be? Who is Tam or Suzu, depending on who you think is going to win that match? Who do you think they are going to face at Rio Goku? Cause you've literally got, Anyone, you can have anyone challenge. I mean, if Tam's really hurt, it makes sense to put the belt on Suzu. But we'll talk about that at a different time Um, because we're not actually too far away from that pay-per-view. I think we are exactly a month as we record. Yeah, Saturday the 18th. So we are exactly a month away from that show, which is uh, incredibly, incredibly exciting. Sir? We move... We move on to our main event, and it's an all-stars affair. Um, the Eye Contact team, no idea why they are called that, uh, taking on FWC. Um, FWC coming out with the victory, Hazuki and Kagama defeating Eye Contact, Hanan and Mayu Iwatani in 12 minutes and 47 seconds. Kagama getting the pinfall over Hanan with the diving body press. Matt, I hate to disagree with you, you know that, but I'm afraid this was my match of the show and my match of the run of four. I thought this was tremendous. This is why we love the Stars eight-woman tags, because you know every single one, given the tap on the shoulder, can go. But more importantly, Koguma was serious and when Kogama's serious and when Kogama is ready to go we saw it in that six woman with Kyrie, that final one in Nagoya we saw that she could be serious and she can still go because people do forget she's so much more than a bare comedy act and here she proved it again and you could be forgiven for thinking the exchanges between Hazuki and Mayu Iwatani would be the ones that everybody remembers and don't get me wrong there is an absolutely hellacious moment where Kogama, I think, is trying to get Mayu into a superplex and can't. And Hazuki just out of nowhere hits a back a backstabber. And it's the most horrendous bump. And Mayu, like, 
twists in a way only Mayu can, and it just it looks awful. So there was some fantastic stuff between Hazuki and Mayu, but for me that closing sequence between Kagama and Hanan, absolutely tremendous. They managed to cram so much into twelve minutes. I thought this was brilliant. A great, a great advert for this tournament. A great way to close it, Matt. Yeah, you know, you just made mention that uh, you don't like to disagree with me that this was your favorite match of these shows. This one was right below the Prominence versus uh, Suzume Sarah match. And really, the only when you have matches that are that good, that close together, there's always little things that I'd be like, well, this is why I like, well, I, I like the match better. And the reason why I like the, the Crazy Star versus Prominence match better than this one is because Mayu and Hanan, they came out to the wrong theme. Rob, they came out to the wrong <laughs> theme. I've been waiting. I've been waiting two days, two days to say that to you, my friend. Um, no, uh, this match was great. This match, the, the spot that you're talking about, because I had to read back, go back and rewatch it, was uh, Mayu goes for top rope Rana on uh, Kagama. Kagama picks her up. That's yeah, right. It's like she's going to give her like the, 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 the power bomb. And then Hazuki, I'm like, there's no way she's going to be able to jump all that way up and get Mayu with that. And she, I thought Mayu might have had to like go down a little bit to help her. But Hazuki's got some, I mean, we should Hazuki's got some jumps in her. I mean, she's got some legs. I'm like, holy geez, that was a heck of a jump to run full sprint, stop, jump, and then be able to pull that off. Um, there was some really cool spots. There's one spot where Kagama goes for the, uh, goes for a, a High cross body on the on the Mayu and Mayu drop kicks Kagama so hard that instead of Kagama oh going out, God. she went up and then landed down on Mayu. Then Mayu just gets up. Mayu, even though Mayu is on the offense, she sells the the stomach, even though she wasn't supposed to because she got landed on. And then she just super kicks Kagama twice. But yeah, they, I mean, it's great. At, again, FWC, it's it just seems like Kagama. She does that comedy act. She has it down. It's something different from the show. But like when Hazuki's on the apron with her, it's like. Hey, I, I I enjoy it as well. But time to get serious, and we got serious with Kyrie. We got serious here. The uh, the match was great. FWC is great. I mentioned uh, last year around springtime last year that I thought FWC and FTR were the two best tag teams in all in all wrestling. Obviously, Hazuki went on to have that really that legendary run in the five star where it looked like she was going to win, and then you know they kind of t- not split off. Like obviously they're they're part of stars, they're part of FWC. But that's why I went back. I, I watched this match in my hotel room uh, in New York. And then about halfway through, I said, stop taking notes. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this. And I'm going to rewatch. And I watched it again. And I made mention a little bit of Bill Partner that obviously Mike and Megan Bain might be where the story is, where the money is. But I don't think they're, again, they're not really doing anything with Kagama or Hazuki. Uh, you mentioned Dream Queendom. I think Dream Queendom is going to be Mina uh, dethroning Mirai for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. And then Mina getting that proper six, seven month run with the wonder of starting championship. So like, where does that leave Hazuki? I think it might be the perfect one. Like let's put FWC back full time until maybe the summer of next year. Until now we're ready for Hazuki's time to break out, to get that white belt. Cause ultimately I think that's where it's going to go to is Hazuki getting that wonder of starting championship because they made such a big deal out of it. That she's zero for five. I mean, she can't win the big one and she's so darn good in the ring. She's so good in the ring and gives it all 110% as well as, you know, all these wrestlers did, but that closing stress with Hanan and Kagama, I didn't know where it was going to go. And it, it got to a point where uh, Han is just like hitting the, you know, the Hanan special backdrop drivers. And then Mayu and Hizuki, they would intertwine to break things up or help their, their selected partner out with the move here or there. But got to a point where I was like, Hanan, the future ace at just 19 years old, about to get a big win on the main event of a pretty important pay-per-view. 
ultimately it was Kagamo who was like, okay, hey, let's give it to her. That was awesome. I thought it was an excellent match, an excellent way to close out, you know, a really sleeper pay-per-view. This is a great show from start to finish with the two, you know, the two tag matches we're talking about really being the, you know, the double thumbs up. I had this four and a quarter stars. Absolutely love this. Really two fantastic must-see tag matches on a pretty, pretty solid, solid uh, card, my friend. Yeah, completely agree. I've got it as uh, four and a quarter as well. Like I say, my match of the tournament so far. Obviously, we've only had five <laughs> matches of the tournament, but uh, it is definitely one of the top five matches of this tournament so far. Um, yeah, that that spot you were talking about of uh, Mayu drop kicking Kogama out of the air, the noise Mayu makes. So Kogama lands on it, and she must land like smack dab on a diaphragm that's how it looks anyway um and the noise that that winded noise Mayu makes it horrible absolutely hard and then she just gets up and super kicks kagama in the face um it it's just it's a tremendous amount of fun that they managed to condense into uh into less than 13 minutes and i think you know we started the review of this show with potentially a little bit of negativity in terms of the in terms of the attendance, I think it's worth pointing out that this show is still great and all credit goes to those roster members that are on this card. They put on a very, very easy to watch pay-per-view. You know, is it the pay-per-view of the year? No, it, it isn't, not at all. But with what they are given, I think everyone does a fantastic job. The stories are told correctly. The right people come out winning. And honestly, I'm excited for the rest of this tournament because you've got eye contact, Hannon and Mayu, who are going to be great. Fukuoka Double Crazy, who you'd be stupid to rule out of winning the entire thing. Micah and Megan Bain, who are money. And then you've got Crazy Star and you've got Prominence and you've got Mafia Bella, who we haven't even seen wrestle yet. And again, we've talked about how underrated Tekla is. This could be the tournament where she is allowed to shine or when she's given the go to shine. So overall, incredibly excited to see what else we have going on. And actually, it's worth noting as we move on to uh, previewing or at least looking at what shows are next up. Um, tomorrow, as we record the 19th, Stardom goes to Corrigan Hall um, for the second night of the Tag League. The four matches from the Tag League are Mafia Bella versus Crazy Star, which Ooh. that's going to be great. Um, Suri and Saki Kashima versus Maximum Mini, Sayurida and Hanako. You've then got Eye Contact, Mai Watani and Hanan, versus Divine Kingdom. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That is a very tasty matchup. And then you've also got Fukuoka Double Crazy versus Mirai and May Sakurai. So a couple and the hat. of really, really... And the hat! And the hat! <laughs> um, also, earlier on the card, you've got a tag match. Miu and Lady C taking on XL. Um, and then you've also got a four-way Sioriano, who's on the card, um, and versus Mina Shirakawa versus Amisori versus uh, Ruwaka. So that is the Korokan card. And then on the 22nd of um, October, which is a Sunday, uh, Stardom are in Osaka Edian Arena, um, number two, for the third night of the Stardom Goddess of Stardom Festival. Don't forget that Waka, Mina, Suri, and um, Yuna 
are all in Thailand, so they aren't on the card. The card is as follows. Lady C versus Ruaka, um, a tag team match. Divine Kingdom versus Saki and Amisori. We've then got four tag league matches. Um, Fukuoka Double Crazy versus O2 Line. Don't sleep on that match. That match could wow. be brilliant. Um, you've then got Eye Contact, Mayu Iwatani and Hanan taking on Mei Sakurai and Mirai. Crazy Star versus Maximum Mini. And then um, in the main event, or at least it's uh, in the main event on the run card on Stardom's website, you've got Mafia Bella versus Oedetai XL. That, again, is a very, very tasty, tasty matchup. Two very, very strong cards there, Matt. Yeah, absolutely, my friend. Obviously, Corkin is always a, a great venue. I'm really looking forward to the O2 line versus FWC match. Really, anything with FWC. It's like I said, they're kind of like my go-to tag team. But the uh, the Mayu and uh, Hanan versus Megan Bain and uh, Micah, that's going to be interesting as well, uh, just to see kind of how that one goes. But yeah, this tournament, I think, is going to be one that I think when it's all said and done, people are going to be like, Oh, despite the wrath of injuries and coming off a really good five star with all the injuries, stardom goes on to put on another fantastic tournament. I'm really interested to see how this shakes out, my friend. But um, before we, do, I don't know how much further we have in the show. Before we do our sign offs, there's one thing that I I just got handed it handed like I'm David Letterman. I just got handed a text message a little bit ago, and just something I kind of just want to pick your brain on for a few seconds. Go for it, man. We are we are done, so uh, I'm intrigued. Um, I just we just found out here that in the next few hours that PWI will be releasing their women's 150, and I'm just wondering who do you think is going to be on the number one spot? Obviously, last year we were blessed to have Shuri, our very own Shuri, as the number one spot. Usually, does those are the PWI awards it usually goes to somebody on the bigger promotions, WWE, AEW, back in the '90s, WCW. So I just want to just pick your brain. Who do you think will land the number one spot for the PWI Women's 150? Who do I think will, or who do I think should? Let's do both. Who do I think will? Rhea Ripley. I agree. Um, and I think Io Sky will be quite high up as well um who do i think should that's a tougher question um i mean <laughs> work rate and i know this is a completely left field pick but i mean natsupoy i think has done a tremendous amount of work this year i think she's been brilliant i think julia has got to be up there um i think micah suzu suzuki you could literally pick anyone from stardom um you know mina shirakawa won't be up there and you know i don't want to say rightly but you know when you consider what pwi uses their criteria i can understand why mina isn't up there I can, same reason i can understand why mayu isn't up there but i'd like to think that julia or natsupoy are probably my picks because natsupoy's just come up saying that we are we are we are talking about this. Don't forget, they did miss off Tetsuya Naito of the <laughs> PWI 500. The bloke, the bloke that won the G1 climax um, and had exactly had a five and a half star and a six star match on back to back nights and didn't get into the top 500. So uh, take it with a pinch of salt, people, whoever they choose. Um, but what about you? Yeah, I'm going to say it's Rhea Ripley because wins and losses really matter. That's why last 
year, as great of a year as Saya Kamatani and Sherry had, I was, I, I was like, and again, I've been reading the PWI since I was probably in middle school. So I remember when the first PWI 500 came out and that's the criteria when or losses and if you go back and look anybody that's won the royal rumble and then went on to uh main event wrestlemania and win the championship there nine and a half times out of ten they were the pwi number one because you're winning the big match that sets up to the biggest match of the year so that's why last year i was shocked i thought it would have been bianca belair and i was stunned and surprised and uh, happily that it was sherry and that our own karen p our good friend karen peterson got to interview sherry for that magazine but uh, Rhea Ripley did the same thing that Bianca Belair did uh, last year where she won the Royal Rumble and then went on to go and uh, win uh, the championship at WrestleMania. I think the only reason why Sherry knocked off Bianca last year is because the dominant run Sherry had with winning the five-star and just this unbelievable championship run with the World of Stardom Championship. That's why I think Rhea is going to be number one uh, as far as mm-hmm. what Stardom wrestler is going to be on the top spot. Is he going to be Julia? because of she won the five star and then won the championship or it's going to be Tam because Tam has the, you again, wins and losses matter. So she has won both the red belt and the, uh, the white belt during the, uh, during the evaluation period and held them both at the same time. So I can see like Tam or Julia be your two or three, but I agree with your partner. I think it's going to go to Rhea Ripley. And the only thing that may bump Rhea off is that she did not have a match on SummerSlam, which is not her fault. I don't know how they didn't book her on there, but that's, Another story for another day, but yes, as this uh, podcast airs, we will know the PWI Women's 150. Uh, I believe they said it's going to drop around 4.30 Eastern time, and uh, we are a few hours away from that. So we shall see how right we are on those picks, good sir. I can't wait to see Twitter go into its YouTube I love it. I love meltdown. It. <laughs> it's just, it's so unnecessary, and it's amazing, but I must admit that Naito, that Naito one, <laughs> that Naito omission really, really made me giggle. Because to be honest, Naito should have at least been top twenty. Never mind, not in the top five hundred. Um, I'd be amazed if Julia and Tam aren't in the top ten. Um, but again, we will see, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it on next week's episode. Where, and I don't want to alarm anyone, we haven't got a pay per view to talk about, Matt. Mm-hmm. And I know I don't know what to do with myself. Um, but no, we'll be back same time, same place next week. Thank you again for everyone for your support, for listening, for subscribing, for joining us on Patreon, for subscribing to our YouTube channel. We're on the quest on YouTube to reach 250 subscribers. We're on 219. If you haven't already, go and check it out. It would really, really help us out. We had an absolute raft of reviews on Apple Podcasts and loads of five-star ones and really, really nice, like, really quite wholesome things written in the comments. So thank you for those. Again, we can't tell you how much we appreciate all of you. Um, If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, maybe you're new. If you are, hello. Um, Go and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast where you can join for as little as a dollar and for as much as our red belt tier of 25 dollars so there's loads of tiers in between there's something for all stardom fans there you can find us on all social media at the stardom cast if you so choose you can follow me at real rob goodwin matt where can they find you and let's sign off this podcast Absolutely. First of all, thanks to everybody that I met at New York Comic Con or these new friends that I have due to the uh, fan.
fantastic person that is one Mercedes Monet. It's really nice to see one person bring such a community together. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, that means the world to me. Something else that means the world to me is Bipoy. Obviously, that means so much to me. <laughs> uh, questions, comments, anything I can do for you folks, uh, any suggestions, let me know. Matt Turner, OF, on the Instagram, the Twitter, the X, and or the TikTok as well. Just let me know uh, any conversations you would like to have. Um, folks, like Rob said, we cannot thank you enough for the fantastic support. It literally seems like every time we look at a stat or this or that or something, it always seems like something is going up, and there's a lot of positivity that uh, that that comes in and out of this podcast. It means the world to us because, like I always say, folks, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together, and everybody's different. Everybody's special. 